Hey Skyfarers and greetings to uh, the citizens of the cities of Sigmar. Welcome to Aethercast, the Cauldron Overlords podcast, where today we are doing a bonus show to our Navigating the Skyport series. But it's not a Skyport we're talking about today, it's a Cities of Sigmar Tempest Eye uh, that we're talking about. Uh, but before we do, let's meet our crew for tonight's voyage and uh, discuss a little bit of news. So uh, top to bottom, we have our, our uniter of the Dwarden races, our own avatar of Grom Brindle, Dwarden Max, Max Bowman. Hello, everyone. And uh, we have our thunderer from Down Under, our gunnery sergeant, Alexander Cron. Hello, cities. And uh, also from Down Under, we have our free guild general on Badger, AOS coach Anthony Macro. Welcome aboard, sir. G'day. It's nice that you landed in my free city. We're doing some plenty of trading. I traded some Aether Quartz for some Aether Gold, and we've got some uh, some pretty cool uh, kangaroos from the realm of Hish in my city of Tempest Eye. So thank hey. you. Thanks for dropping <laughs> off those kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a lot more law than I was expecting. But that was I, I just made that up. I completely made that up. Yeah. Was like... That was good input. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's, uh, it's an honour to have you on the show, because uh, uh, and slumming it on a on a measly YouTube channel such as ours. No, That's no, you are, you're <laughs> unlocking your potential. Uh, showing okay. the good word of why carriage and Lord, uh, overlords are not MPE. And why they are a fun army to play, and uh, we are going to work out how they're going to work together with the cities. We're going to yeah. uh, homogenize the the teams. Well, is the answer to like stopping them from being MPE just bring a load of other dwarfs? Yes, and maybe some elves. <laughs> no. Yes, lots of elves. <laughs> All the elves. Uh, uh, so there's only one bit of news. Do you, uh, Kron, do you want to take us through the one bit of news we've got? Yeah, so uh, right now there's a uh, two-day tournament happening up in Brisbane called Brishammer, and there's one KO guy playing, Ty Pastorella. Shout out to you. Um, good luck. Uh, we're, 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 all, we're all rooting for you on, um, in Aethercast. Bring it home. Yeah. And he's got a cool list. He's got lots of bugs. Lots got lots of votes. It's a fun. That's a that's a cool. List. So about to go to day. No two. boots on the ground. <laughs> no, there, there literally isn't. There's everything has a balloon. <laughs> I, I think they call that a narrative list. <laughs> you call it, and I think really you can like any list you write now for Ko. You could call a narrative list because you want to include the votes, unlike the old book. <laughs> so uh, no, it's cool. <laughs> nice to see that many boats on the board. Um, yeah. So good luck to him. Um, and that's the only news we have, because, you know, two-week news cycle for GW and their releases and stuff. So, no, Do you think that's... KO is going to get, a, a um, like, an additional Skyport or Battalions in a Broken Realms at all? Mm, hmm. Maybe. I don't know. There's, uh, there could, I mean, there could be something to Barrett Mornar, because they're an old... They, you know, yeah. I guess I asked because we've got Broken Realms Techless coming pretty soon. Uh, Warcom's kind of alluding to March, so 
when we see start seeing things like Bellacore or whatever the next one's going to be, you'd mm -hmm. like to think that KO is going to get touched in some capacity. So, yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be a, a dwarf, a Dwarden uh, broken realms that it, it, it's, we're going to probably be a part of. Um, I'm I'm assuming we'll get some smaller allegiance abilities like uh, Slaves of Darkness did in Morathy. Mm. Oh, some yeah. some ones that don't work. Cool. Looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah. No, I mean uh, we've we've proven it on the show. We'll have a Broken Realms Grumbrindle. It's happening. You'll see. <laughs> That's right, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Really? I'll be. I have to go back and watch that episode. I imagine it's. No, I thought it would it, be like Broken Realms Go Trek. Sorry, and then Go Trek becomes a full Fire Slayer, and then they combine together with with um, mm. Ao and Duard and become a Super Dwarf. I can't yeah, not show it is on, but uh, uh, was it on our literal? tinfoil hat episode no it wasn't it was, it was just in the news section but the what it's from coaches there's like a, a series that they're doing in white dwarf at the moment following grumbrindle um and he's you know it's a six-part series you know so they're putting six months into this character and there will be uh, at least one ko story um, i'm only stirring the pot by the way i'm only stirring the pot yeah so uh, I yeah, mean, it could I mean, be something like that. Grumbindle is the one character who has most GW models ever produced. So I can definitely see he'll he'll get a new model like Bellacore, and there might be some little rules for him. Yeah. Uh, the other thing they could do is they could tie it into they could tie it into barracks off because that is literally like a lost skyport that they wrote an awful about. So. Maybe that could be found. We'll see. It, it won't be anything major for the narrative because Broken Realms is all about elves, apparently, and Bellacore and probably Godruck. But uh, so it'll be something minor. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, any anything we get, we better than nothing. So yeah, it'll be cool. Well, to get some stuff. We're getting the new the new uh, what's it called, Cursed City mm. dwarf. So he'll be awesome. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see if he gets rules. Well, it certainly looks awesome. He so. does. Uh, okay, well, since there isn't that news, um, and we've got a lot of information uh, to talk about <laughs> with Tempest Eye, so should we jump right into it? Uh, so, um, I mean, we need to start with, because there's um, a, a, a few different perspectives people will be looking at this from. I mean, I assume we're going to get some people watching that, you know, play Cities of Sigma already. Um, there'd be KO players that have probably never looked at Cities of Sigma, and there, you know, there might also be people that have never picked up KO or Cities of Sigma at all, and they're, you know, they're thinking about one or the other. So I think we need to start by explaining the allegiance abilities. Coach, as you're a a veteran Cities of Sigma player, do you want to take us through the, you know, the what these are? Sure. So when you are a Cities of Sigma player, so again, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of different people watching this. You might be a KO player wanting to become a City of Sigma. You're, you're getting a little bit of air sickness and you want to ground yourself in the mortal realms, uh, maybe get a little plot of land, grow some carrots, uh, do some pretty cool things that we do in the, in the mortal realms. But you start off by taking the Cities of Sigma Allegiance and you have to take one of seven cities. So it's not an option. There is no customization. There is no, I'm going to build my own uh, my own city. We have to take one of the seven. Uh, that being Hammerhall, 
Living City, Grey Water Fastness, Phoenician, Anvil Guard, Hello Heart, and Tempest Eye. Now, what you get from that is first off, your city is landlocked. So, um, unlike most most other armies, where I can say that my my Carriage and Overlord's Forced is from Shimon or from Hish or wherever it might be. I must be from the city that my uh, my narrative is from. So half of the cities are landlocked to Gairan. Half of the cities are landlocked to Akshi. So should I have to take a realm artifact, I must be from Akshi or Gairan. So there's no choices there. Mm. With the exception of Hammerhall, which Hammerhall has a realm gate to two cities. So realm gate can be from both Akshi or from, um, from Gairan. So when we're talking about Tempest Eye, Tempest Eye is landlocked in Akshi. So uh, Hello Heart, Tempest Eye, and Anvil Guard, as well as Hammerhall, are all the Akshi cities. Cool. We're there so far. Yeah. <laughs> By being a city of Sigma, I have one of the largest rosters known to man. We have the combination of what was uh, dispossessed uh, free people, uh, Devoted of Sigma, Darkling Coven, uh, Order Serpentis, Order Draconis, I think it is. No, maybe not Draconis, is not there anymore. Um, there's just literally every every old world army seems to be in this one particular city. And on top of that as well, one in every four of my units can be a Stormcast unit. And what is really cool is that Stormcast unit will gain the keyword of the city as well as Cities of Sigma. So it's also when it comes to synergizing your force as opposed to it being just an ally. It's it re it's really more than just an ally. Mm -hmm. In addition, your endless spells are empowered. Now, you might not have noticed this because most people it wouldn't matter, but on a lot of your spells, especially like your predatory spells, it'll say something like empowered by the realm. So uh, let's say Emerald Life Swarm, for example. When I, when I use Emerald Life Swarm, I can return or heal up to D3 wounds. In a Cities of Sigma Force, it's empowered by the realms, and it means I can do up to a D6. So there's a whole bunch of cool things, you know, either re-rolling on Geminids, you can extend the range of Soul Scream Bridge, you know, the things move faster, you can re-roll dice. Basically, your, your endless spells are better in cities. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you get uh, two extra things from your general. So if you do choose a small wounded general, so a general with six wounds or less, you are able to either A, well, he can do both of these, actually. One, he can bring a posse with him. He can bring a bunch of homies up to 5 to 20 models, and they basically act as these, his retinue, his guard, and he can bounce off those mortal wounds or wounds to a model 4+. Plus. Finally, if you are a City of Sigma player, you also can get his 2IC, his assistant, um, his BFF, or her BFF, and as long as their BFF is within uh, three inches of the general, again, that six wound or less general, on a four plus, they generate a command point. So you're able to get a whole heap of additional command points if your uh, general, who's under six wounds, brings their BFF. That is Cities of Sigma. And then we kind of, very similar to a Karajan, um Skyport, you then get extra stuff when you choose your city. Cool. Hmm. Right, you can take a breath now. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a KO player, look, when you're listening to that, yeah. you're like, like, uh, there's a, I think there's some really cool things in here, mm -hmm. and it makes the list building very fun and very interesting. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously the first thing is obviously, you know, 
from a KO player perspective is of the seven cities, the one that we're interested in is Tempest High because it can take Caradon Oval's models. We haven't covered that yet because um, we haven't talked about the, the Tempest High uh, allegiance abilities. But, um, you know, when you look at those seven cities, you know, that's the, instantly the one that draws our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things in there, like the, the fact that you can have Stormcast, you know, that's a handy thing. Um, it means that, you know, you can... You know, one of the things that I gravitate to is, oh, well, if I took lots of Aether Wings, then I can get even more KO in, maybe. Or, uh, you know, or, or because of the, uh, you know, the, it just means also that, you know, you've got a lot, you've just got tons of options in terms of units. Because, you know, you mentioned how there's so many different, there's all, all the Free Guild, all the Dwarden, and all the Elf units, but then there's also all the Cities of Sigma ones, as, uh, not sorry, all the Stormcast ones as well. Yeah. Um, like and the Stormcast model can be your general as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're drawing I mean, from like. two of the biggest books in the game, mm-hmm. and then adding KO in on top of that. Well, yeah. not just that. Like, not just that. So, Cities of Sigma has probably about sixty units. You then have Stormcast, which easily has sixty units, and then depending on the city, you can then either add one in every four, as you mentioned, is KO. One in every four being um, uh, Sylvaneth. There is, you know, there's this out, uh, this new Broken Realm city, um, and Vulgard fell in uh, in the narrative, and now I can do one in every four daughters of Cain. So it just mm. unlocks. Still doesn't absolute, work. It's, but it's, it's basically you unlock so many combinations that, yeah. however you want to build your list, whether it's competitive narrative or you know just a bunch of models I own from the old world, I can you know really make an interesting force. So actually, there's eight cities. Because Anvogard doubles as Harkoron and Anvogard, you can Nine. still play Anvogard. And then there's Misthaven as well. Oh, yes. Te- te- technically, yes. Um, yeah. But that won't work in our combinations. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yes so if people Broker were wondering, Rolls- because the book itself has six cities in them, we're, we're saying seven. Actually, there's eight plus Lefis is also a free city, but doesn't get those rules. So nine. Yeah. yeah. There's loads of cities around the mortal race. Yeah. And there's very likely going to be more cities. Um, yeah. If you if you are interested in the RPG Soulbound, you've also got um, there's like Bright Spear um, and there's a whole bunch of additional cities, and that's probably just the white dwarf away from getting yeah. rules. It's the easiest yeah. way to expand this book. Just add a new city, or you know, or a Broken Realms book away from from mm-hmm. uh, from Allegiance abilities as well potentially. Yeah. Um, One thing I'd I'd like to add on. Um, about the realms that you hail from this mm-hmm. since ghb 2020 massively limits your access to artifacts because yeah. most of these cities only have three artifacts we'll see for tempest high and now the realms only have one where they used to have uh 12 i think each uh yes, yes. Uh, yeah, there was two, so, two lots and actually was that we had firmer rider cloak we had ignax scales there were some pretty decent ones in there and now it's a Loading sixes, melee yeah. weapon. So that's sad. Yeah, I mean that's one of my questions that I had sort of uh, for you, coaches. There's been some rules changes within the game, and how how do you feel about the, how that's impacted on Cities of Sigma from when you first you know first got the book in your hands when it was released, and to now because there's you know changes in the meta, you know with the spell doms and things, and then there's also you know changes to uh uh things like the 
you know, the rule of one for DPR saves, which impacts on, you know, things like there's a lot of things in, in the list, in, you know, the roster that can get, um, you know, that damage prevention roll save that they can't stack now with extra ones. And then, you know, there's also, as Max pointed out, the, the changes to the artifacts. So how do you feel that's impacted on Cities of Sigmar in general, Coach? So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. That, that yeah. You just asked me, like, what do I think about the changes of the meta, the changes of the artifacts, the changes of a lot of things, uh, the damage prevention. Um, mm -hmm. So to unpack it, I think the first off, what you need to understand is with such a deep roster in Cities of Sigma, you have the flexibility, unlike most armies, to adapt and modify. The changes to the artifacts is not just the Cities of Sigma impact. It impacted everybody. So... Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be upset of losing Ignax scales, having a fly, uh, having that fly keep of secrets, or um, having that that vermin lord with the sword of judgment. I think when I look at the the three artifacts in my cities of Sigma options, I think they're all quite relevant. I think they're still. It's not like I have a bunch of hot garbage act, uh, act, uh, artifacts to choose from. Hmm. In saying that, you know, I do miss my flying hurricanum. You know, I, yes. I won't lie. You know, that that was that was beautiful. I loved having it. Unfortunately, I can't take it. But neither can most armies as well. So, um, I think that I just need to accept it. The world has moved. It's more about mm. what can I use. And in the spell dom meta, if I'm really struggling with my spells, I have hello heart. Most armies uh, don't have a hello heart that is able to increase their spell likelihood. So, again, I've got the tools to be successful. I just need to change the way I'm thinking, unlike a lot of armies who who are, who are struggling right now. Hmm. Uh, so, with, for instance, like the, the, the Ender spells being empowered, do you now view that as something that's mostly only useful in Halahar or do you find that still useful in the other cities and you and you find ways to make sure you can get those spells off still? I, I, I still think they're very powerful and very useful. I think uh, one of the big changes between GBH 19 to 20 is that we're now limited to the amount of endless spells we can choose from. So mm -hmm. in a 2K battle, we're only allowed up to three. There were times in my Hallow Heart before the latest General's Handbook, I'd run up to seven. I'd run a Hallow Heart list for seven with lols. I can't do that anymore with my gits. I can't do that anymore with my, my cities. So uh, there are ways to certainly increase the likelihood of your spell casting. Uh, I just need to be smarter with the ones that I choose. So I think mm -hmm. some of those cheaper endless spells that I might I might take, I'm not, I'm not going to take. And I'm going very heavy on the ones that I want to. So... Whether that be Cogs, whether that be Soul Screen Bridge, whether that be um, Emerald Life Swarm or Geminids, um, I'm really being specific on the endless spells that I take. I I really find the the the, the mirrors to be very useful in cities with their with the infinite range that they have in cities. Yeah, the, that's great. So that's can, great in Anvil Guard. Yeah, you, you you have you have a, a sorceress all the way in the back of the board that can't be dispelled. Throw a, um, a mirror out. It, and then the acidic spray poison, get rid of your armor save spell. Just yeah, it's also great in Hello Heart as well. There's another spell in Hello Heart that, that that's just as powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. there. I think in the past, in you you could take a bunch of endless spells and make it a utility kind of belt. Now you've got to be very specific with your strategy. I'm going to do this with this. Mm -hmm. 
uh, so you kind of have to work a little bit harder to make those spells work, essentially. Um, you've, got be, you've got to be smarter. There are ways to increase your spell likelihood, uh, like the Sorceress on foot, mm -hmm. like the Hurricanum. But you mentioned things like, you know, not being able to stack the damage prevention. It does then hurt the like or the impacts of uh, of the Luminarch. It means that I'm not incentivized taking a big block of Phoenix Guard that's supported mm -hmm. with a Luminarch. Um, yeah. So it, it, it just means that, you know, the way you build your list may, may, may slightly tweak. But I don't think it's been huge impacts to the mm -hmm. cities. I think they're as, as good as they've always been. And you're lucky that you've got that large roster to draw from, really, so that you can pivot to something else. Um, yeah, so it's really helpful. Uh, before we move on to you know the specifics of Tempest Eye, the the rules for the general with the adjutant and the retinue uh, is that something that you typically find yourself always trying to work into a list or? Do you see that more as like a, a nice to have if it works out? 50 50. 50-50. So if I'm taking a hammer hall list, for example, or I'm taking um, a Tempest Eye list, for example, mm -hmm. their battalions, um, and, and one of the challenges with Cities of Sigma is that their battalions are quite restrictive. It, mm -hmm. It's not like uh choose one to three heroes or one to seven free guild units like they're very specific with the mm -hmm. unit choices and when i'm building some of these lists they're very specific about who who needs to be in that list or i'm building around the force so sometimes you 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 will definitely build around this list but in, in the current meta with things like lord croak a lot of mortal wounds being from afar there's a big risk of taking um uh, a leader with six wounds or less without having a lot of damage prevention you know additional ward saves i think where i think about it the most is maybe when i'm thinking about my honored retinue to make sure that you know some of our units can go up to 30 models and and just bringing it back and taking it up to 20 models so instead of taking 30 phoenix guard for example maybe taking 20 phoenix guard because then it can be an honored retinue but i wouldn't particularly build to having a general of six wounds or less unless that was my key strategy of I want a free guild general. It's going to unlock blah blah blah. Um, but there's a lot of really cool radiuses and a lot of buff traits that you might well think about are better on a, a larger a larger base. So they probably often lead the list building as opposed to the six wounds or less on a retinue stuff. Uh, how how key do you would you say is the the um, adjutant's command point generation ability? If you take if you're taking a general with six wounds or less, the adjutant is gold. Um, they they combine really well, and you think about things whether it's protecting a battle mage, whether it's having something like a knight in cantor, uh, having your um, what's it called the the stormcast, um, the lord ordinator, having a cogsmith next to him, uh, and being able to generate a command point on a four plus. And there are other ways to generate command points in this army as well. Um, that can be quite useful because the army can be quite CP um, hungry. It's a big change from KO where CP are, are kind of a nice to have but not essential mm -hmm. to uh, cities where it, it's the command points are really like what makes your force work. Well, we don't have we don't have the Aether Gold, right? We don't have yeah. this resource mm -hmm. to burn, and there's no guarantees with what we're doing. So 
Um, that's where really KO stands out quite unique. They play a very different game to what majority of people are playing. We don't have the resources. We don't have the, the fly high. We don't have, um, you know, a lot of the long range shooting and the super move, uh, you know, moving around the table. So, uh, yeah, C CP, CP generation, but again, it's a four plus. So, um, it's something that you build around, but you can't, you can't expect it's going to happen. It's especially important because as you said the battalions are very restrictive plus there's only one battalion per city available which if you not want to go down that route or that thematic army then there's no battalion you you don't have low drops and you don't have the extra cp to start your game with 100 max 100 yeah. percent. if i'm building a tempest eye and i love my my dark elves or i love my duarden mm. Then the Tempest Eye rules work, but the battalion is off the table. I can't yep. take it. So you're 100% correct. Yeah. And uh, if we're comparing, you know, these rules and these options to, to KO, there's like, when you look, talk about the, the amount of artifacts you get to choose from and mm -hmm. the fact that you lost those, um, all those extra ones from the realms, compare that to KO where we're drowning in artifacts. Like there's Good a, artifacts. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, tons of amazing artifacts, and then to come into into cities and you, oh well, there's four um, to choose yeah. from is is a is a huge sort of shock to the system um, in some ways, and then even the magic in some ways because we have spell in the bottle on KO, so it's like if we take an end of spell, we can just guarantee we're going to be able to use it. To think about building a list around a spell that might not work is mm -hmm. a, bit, a bit of a shock to the system as well. I mean, Again, we are playing a different game to everybody else. Yeah, you might say we've got... Which is part of the frustration yeah. is that you guys play a different game to majority of people playing Age Sigma. Yeah. What do you mean you, you have to actually roll to get spells off? What? What? <laughs> what? 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 My movement phase? I can't just, like, pick up my models and chuck them all on an objective and then burn it? What? <laughs> Well, you can with Shadow man. Warriors. Yeah. Um, what's also interesting is that you bring in the whole just... What is unique with Rich Cities, and this is just so gold, is that they gain the keywords. It's not, as we said, it's not allies, and it's not like uh, in Barrack Fring, where we can bring more Dwarden units than you would be allowed than allies, and they get some abilities, mm -hmm. but they don't. They cannot be your general. They cannot be battle line. You can bring mm -hmm. Liberators as, as cheap battle line in here, or you can. I, mean, you I know. can bring a Star Drake. I can. Yeah, I can, my, I can exceed my four, my so good. allies. I could take uh, a Lario. I can take a Star Drake, a Prime. Mm. I can take a big block of evocators. I could do whatever I want. A big block of mm -hmm. kitty cats. Um, so, yeah. Uh, to conclude this, I think what, what Coach said is is very very true. If the meta changes, there's enough scrolls in this book that we can adapt from from cities. Saying we, um, because I'm also a, a old time yeah. dispossessed player before there even was a cities book, and then cities and Tempest Eye was my gateway mm -hmm. drug into KO, and here I am on a. KO podcast. <laughs> so watch out with yeah. those uh, gun holders. They're addictive. That's yeah. a nice. That's probably a nice segue too, because yeah. Tempest Eye does allow me not only KO, but I can actually have a battalion with gun haulers. Mm -hmm. mm. 
Okay. Sounds like a good time to move on to uh, the Tempest Eye Allegiance abilities. Uh, Coach, are you happy again to take us through these? Sure. So we we talked about the various cities, and Max, uh, uh, you know, corrected corrected the slide, Lee. Um, Yes, there are a whole bunch of cities that you can choose from, and the one that most aligns with KO, in fact, it's probably the, the, well, the one that aligns with KO, is Tempest Eye. Tempest Eye is going to give you some interesting rules that then kind of might lead um, your, your decision-making process. So first off, uh, we, I did mention earlier that Tempest Eye must be from Akshi. I can't choose any other realm. It has to be from Akshi. Locked. Decision over. The, the, the benefit you, by, by getting Tempest Eye is first off, you get to add three inches to your movement characteristic for friendly Tempest Eye units uh, in the first battle round. In addition, you add one to your save roll uh, during the first battle round. So, you know, uh, your Phoenix Guard become three pluses, your, um, your, your, your Flames Fire Phoenix can move, I think, 19, 19 inches. Uh, even if you've got like a slow, a slow, a slow, a slow Duarte, you know, adding three inches to a, a base four or a base five, you're claiming objectives in the first turn. You're potentially charging with some of your faster units in the first turn if you want. And you've got the plus one armor save as well. So it's a wonderful little first turn kind of setup. Great as well defensively if you've got an opponent who's going to bum rush you. I'm looking at you, uh, Iron Sons. <laughs> yeah, a couple of more crushes are going to bum rush you in turn one. I've got a plus one armor save, so it's wonderful defensively as well. You get to add plus one to the run rolls to your Tempest Eye units, and that'll be nice when we start coming into some of the other rules. Mm-hmm. You can include one in every four units to be Carriage and Overlords. That doesn't, doesn't override the one in four Stormcast as well. So it means in my list I could have one in every four Stormcast, one in every four Carriage and Overlords, and then two of every four being Cities. And that's how I could build my list if I wanted to. Well, and one in four allies. Oh, and then and then you got your ally pool as well. So you so, can end up with a quarter of cities units well, in this army, which is pretty crazy when you think about that. And yeah. then from a list perspective, and then finally you've got the command ability that uh, in your shooting phase you pick one friendly Tempest Eye unit within twelve or wholly within twelve of the hero, the Tempest Eye hero. And it can shoot even though it so it can shoot even if it ran in the same turn. So we know Outriders of the Realms gives you plus one to your run. In addition, you can shoot and run as well. So um, that's pretty tasty, especially when you start going into the battalions and start going getting to some of those units that you might select. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you just combine Alert and Forewarned Outriders of the Realms and the command ability, like you're looking at adding a lot of movement to a unit that's you know if it's a shooting unit um and then if you spe- if you've got you know your extra cp from having an adjutant you know and you make that run roll at six and then you add one one to it you know all of a sudden a dwarf that's on a four four inch movement or you know uh a free guild unit that moves five or six but i think it's five they move in there most of those uh mm-hmm. you know the foot ones anyway um horsey boys are obviously a bit quicker um you know they're moving quite far, and that's a big uh, increase to threat range. Um, yeah, if you had a base yeah. of five plus, so five 
plus any run benefits. So you got the plus one from here, um, mm -hmm. plus, plus, you know, uh, maybe you, you roll, you know, a six or you use better command point to, um, to get the six. So, you know, five turns a six, that's a 12 inch move plus three from Tempest die. Um, we're, we're looking at 15. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, I think maybe the musician might give you a plus one as well. Yeah. You Most know, of the units have a musician that gives them another run and charge. Yeah. The battle mage as well. There's a battle mage. I think it's the Gur battle mage as well. Yep. Can give you plus two to your run. So all of a sudden, mm -hmm. like if you're thinking about a super fast force that's going to really dominate the board, and then have a plus one to your armor save and just sit there and uh, whether you get the double mm -hmm. turn or not, you're you're holding you're holding in the the objectives quite well. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're going non-battalion cities armies will be high drop just yeah. to the nature of the thing and so there's a, a safety in okay i'm gonna go forward i'm gonna sit in the middle because i need to go because my opponent makes me go first most of the times because they want a, a chance on a double turn I, I don't care because first round i'm still sitting there with my three plus even two plus safe yeah. on some units yeah so i mean and then if you add into when you start thinking about putting cauldron overlord units into this, you like start thinking about you know uh, a, an ironclad being on a two plus mm. save in turn one. Moves <laughs> eighteen inches, two up save. Yeah. Shoots. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the the plus one save uh, you mentioned also in the, the previous slide, coach, about you know six wound heroes, but if you give them plus one save then they're a little bit more durable. They won't potentially get sniped out turn one quite so easily in Tempest either. Yeah, and when we get to some of the command traits, this this is, you know, when you ask me, do I take a general with six wounds or less to get the adjutant role, when we start getting the command traits, you'll start to really see what I do here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure it'll come up yeah. soon, but, like, uh, yeah. So has anyone, before we move on to the commander, has anyone got anything... Like they really want to mention about these allegiance abilities. I tell us no. Let's move on then. <laughs> to me, to, to I will, me, we'll get to the other stuff. So yeah, yeah to me, Tempest Eye is one of the top cities. So if yeah, I think oh, yeah. about my top cities, it's in in no particular order. It's Hammer Hall, Tempest Eye, Hollow Heart, um, and then Living and Living City as well, which I think is the sleeper city. People mm -hmm. just aren't taking advantage of it, but it's a a cracking force. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, the command traits, um, the one that jumps out to me is Hawkeye from a Cowdron overall perspective, <laughs> which is add one to rune rolls for attacks made with missile weapons for Tempest units, hold within 12 inches to the general. Um, and then the other ones you can get are add one to charge rolls for Tempest units, hold within 12 inches to the general. Uh, that's called the Apergard Captain. And the last one is uh, Swift as the Wind. Um, which is the general can run and still charge in the same turn. Um, and then in addition, the general and their mount can fight at the start of the combat phase. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye is definitely the one that jumps out to me because KO like to shoot things. Even cities like to shoot things. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But coach, uh, you know, you were going to say something about the command trace before. So what was it? that you wanted to make? Yeah, so my point, my point was going to be is that this is, the to me, the, the start of the decision tree. 
do I want to build a primary shooting force and really take advantage of shooting? Or do I want to have shooting as a supplement to my force? So if I went something like Swift with the Wind, for example, this might be really benefiting something like a, uh, a Dreadlord on a Black Dragon who can put out some amazing damage and can run. It's already it's super fast. It can run and charge and it can fight at the start of the combat. Or this might reward an anointed on Fire Phoenix or the Flames Fire Phoenix to, to get into combat early with my plus three movement, run and charge, do mortal wounds as it flies over things. Um, the, if you're building a combat force, whether it's with demigriffs, whether it's with um, Drakespawn knights, some type of fast-moving force, Swift through the Wind is awesome. And again, you're probably not going to take your um, your six-wound hero here. Something like Hawkeye, I think about things like the Hurricanum and the Luminarch, or even a Sorceress on Black Dragon, although I wouldn't take her. And the reason for it... <laughs> is because they've got such a big base, you know, that 90 mil base on the Hurricanum, putting a 12-inch buff range around Hurricanum is brutal to add plus one to the wound characteristic. Or if I was going to build maybe more of a like a, uh, a rocket battery force, so another way of building this will be to have like a Lord Ordinator at the back with some war machines, you know, that's where I'd probably take a six-wound hero because they're sitting at the back firing while other people are doing things in the middle of the table. So for me, I'm not incentivized here to take a, uh, a six wound hero unless I'm taking the Lord Ordinator as my general. That's probably the mm -hmm. only part of the decision tree. Um, maybe the sorceress on black, uh, so sorceress on foot, but even then I'm probably not going to make her as my general. Mm -hmm. uh, rune Lords. Yeah, rune Lords and Iron Drakes. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to Dwarden build, you take a Rune Lord or a Warden King. If mm. you're taking um, a Phoenix Guard build, you have an Anointed on foot. You take a Darkling Coven, you have a Sorceress on, on foot. But for most of the times, like, you're not incentivized to take a small small hero. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something uh, it certainly feels like, you know, if you're going to have an aura buff, then the bigger your base, the bigger, the more models you can fit around it in in range and one one thing that jumps out to me straight away with if you're thinking about bringing ko into this is if you put your general inside a boat then you measure your aura buff from the boat um and then also all of a sudden your six wound hero is actually quite a bit more survival because they count as that being in cover inside the boat so they've got you know plus one save from the allegiance ability in the first turn and then they've got cover as well so they've basically got plus two and the minus one to hit from being in the boat as well. Um, minus two if there's a unit next to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you want your unit next to it? Because they're going to get the aura buff, so mm -hmm. plus one to wound. So, yeah, there's some interesting things you can do there. Um, and it seems like these basically is at this point when you're choosing your command trait that you're, you're choosing either a combat or a shooting sort of force in mostly. Yeah, like when, like when I think about my Tempest, because I've built a whole bunch of, and played with a whole bunch of different Tempest die. I've, I've played combat Tempest die. Mm -hmm. uh, I've played shooting Tempest die. And it's, it's it's awesome. You know, I can still have a combat heavy Tempest eye build and have some KO as a supplement, you know, increase my movement, have that long range threat. 
um, have something independent like a gun hall that they can just go on the side of the board as my force advances and just, you know, shoot off characters uh, or generally be annoying. Or I can put all my eggs in one basket and just have this amazing output with Iron Drakes or um, Carriage and Overlord combinations, however we want to talk about them. Um, so, and, and we've obviously got some lists to talk about later, but the decision tree starts to form here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I think we're ready to move on to the artifacts, unless Max or Cron, you've got something to add about these? No, I think no? Coach well, covered it well. Cool. So, uh, Coach, you want to tell us about these artifacts? I mean, we've got three artifacts, and as PV Perv uh, mentioned, you know, we did lose a whole bunch of artifacts with, you know, Malign Sorcery dropping. When I look at these things, you know, there are some interesting options, you know. Um, you've got the Patricia's Helm, which means that you're not taking Battle Shock uh, with, with Tempest Eye that are within 12 of the Bearer. Depending on your build, you may not need that. You know, Phoenix Guard um, don't have to take Battle Shock if they are within uh, 18 or 12 of the Anointed. Um, your there's some combinations like this with your um, I think it's your Warden King um, with your Duarden. So if you're going a Duarden build, there's there's still some already Battle Shock immunity that you can already tap into. Um, I talked about the way to additionally get more command points. Um, here is another way. So if you want to double down, or if you want to generate additional command points, but you're not taking the Honored Retinue. The Seer Stone Amulet allows you at the start of the hero phase, if that bearer is on the table, get a artifact, oh, sorry, artifact get a command point on a four plus. So you could be generating up to two additional command points on a four plus, or you could replace it one or the other. But then probably the one that um, is also a very good one is the Zephyrite Banner, which allows you to reroll charge rolls for friendly Tempest R units within 12. So if you were going more of a combat heavy and you wanted to get in combat early, this is definitely rewarding you here. But um, I think all three of them have their uses and all three of them might mean that you don't need to go into the Akshi artifact. Yeah, definitely. Especially because they, they combine nicely with the, the trades we've just seen. So we had a trade for plus one charge. Now we can rewrote the charge. Yeah, we have uh, we have a shooting castle build. Well, don't take battle shock test, so they don't run away. The extra command point maybe is the less less favorable one here, but it's still good. It's good, yeah, because you can spend that command point on revolt hits or inspiring presence. We've also got we've also got the the um, uh, command ability that comes with tempest that allows you to run and shoot. So uh, that that might mean that you you know you have an extra command point to do the run and shoot and then apply the one uh, again as as Max mentioned earlier there's not a lot of Italians here so to get extra command points is hard so um, so having a couple up your sleeve for you know one big run and charge so so run and shoot reroll ones and any additional command abilities you know um, that could work really well. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you called out the the Seer Stone as being the weaker one. Uh, if I was going to pick one, I would probably pick the Zephyrite Banner. I don't know if that's because I, you know, lean more towards the shooting builds, probably. Um, but then also like to reroll charge rolls. Like if I'm sending a unit into combat, then I can use a command ability to get the, to reroll the charge. 
after the fact, um, potentially. Um, which kind of leads me on to my second point, which was the Seastone Amulet is kind of like a halfway house between the other two, because mm-hmm. of course you can use a command ability to ignore battle shock as well. So you know, if you want to get the 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 best of both worlds, then you can sort of take the Seastone Amulet, but of course it's only on a four plus, and and it's only you know when you use those command abilities, you're only going to be doing it on one unit. Um, I think, I think Lee with the, and this is going to lead into the next slide is if I don't take the seer stone, um, and I want the extra artifact, or maybe I don't like the risk of the the four plus artifact. I do have a spell that allows me mm -hmm. to guarantee one command point. Now it's a spell, right? So if I come up against Mm -hmm. a particular build, a a techless and a gash, a lot of change, then they're going to stop my spell. Mm-hmm. So by taking the artifact, it's really a 50-50. No one can stop me other than my dice roll. But then the spell, I'm relying on the spell casting. So I need a super caster or I need to be able to avoid those magic heavy uh, opponents. So mm-hmm. I guess it's the risk versus reward and how do you want to access that extra command mm-hmm. point if that's a part of your strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that, uh, yeah, that's a great point. The one that really I gravitated to the most is Petitious Helm because a lot of the units in Cities of Sigma generally seem to be quite well pointed in terms of how many bodies you get, at least compared to KO where, you know, we could be playing with, you know, five ships on the table and half a dozen bodies and that's it. Um, whereas, you know, you can easily end up with, you know, three 30-man units in Cities of Sigma. So, you know, to get Battleshock community is you know one that seems quite helpful but of course uh, you know as you mentioned earlier um there's ways of getting that elsewhere mm-hmm. so it does depend how you're building uh but let's move on to those spells that you've alluded to coach um so the one you were alluding to was uh celestial celestial vision. visions yeah so, so yeah celestial visions on a seven gets you a command point mm-hmm. you've got two other spells and i think in my opinion celestial visions is probably my third favorite spell Mm-hmm. Um, so my first favorite spell is Aura of Glory. I just I love Aura of Glory. Um, and Aura of Glory is more of a melee of rewarding benefits. This is where I love the Zephyrite banner and I combine it with the Aura of Glory. So the Aura of Glory uh, has a casting value of seven. And then until the next hero phase, you can add one to the attack characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly Tempest Eye that are within 12 of the cast style. So if you are going down the melee build, you want to re-roll the charges, you want to be able to uh, use the Aura of Glory, nice little synergy. Strike of Eagles is a really interesting one. Uh, it's probably one of our longest threat ranges, so it's a casting value of seven. You pick one enemy uh, within 30 of the, of the, of the spellcaster, which is pretty sweet. And then you roll six dice, and then for every four plus, they suffer one mortal wound. So your you know, statistical average is you're doing three mortal wounds. Um, the fact that it's 30 inches is um, is the winner for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yep. uh, a big, you know, a big range. And I can't remember when this book first came out. Was that before or after they changed the unbound range to eight? Uh, oh, this, this is this no, is after. Upper. Yeah, after after unbind this unbind is... thirty was like GBH eighteen. Yeah, yeah this book is October nineteen. Didn't it start with a, it's uh, second ed- second edition? 
Yeah, yeah, because unbinding yeah. used to, unbinding used to be eighteen inches, and then yeah, yeah around around GBH eighteen slash uh, Age of Sigma two Soul Wars was when they changed the unbind range to thirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got better memories than me then, you guys. <laughs> I was trying to remember when it when it was a change and if it had changed, you know, since the book came out. But even so, thirty inches, even with you know your opponent unbinding for thirty inches away, you know the heroes are normally you know tucked away a bit further back anyway. Be so you can be hitting a unit or something, um, um, or you can be hitting a you know a hero that isn't a wizard without yeah. them having a chance to unbind. So. You know. I love it as well to hit like a behemoth or some type of thing that where chip damage will bring down the aura radius of a benefit or slows down something. So, you know, three mortal wounds is normally enough to bracket majority of, of, of things that aren't a mega gargant. But again, like when you think about versatility, if I want to go down a melee type build, you know, aura of glory synergizes really well. If you want something that's shooting, you've got this really well or celestial vision. So depending again on how you want to build. I think yeah. Aura of Glory is my favorite one. Um, any any old any KO player who played with the old book knows how powerful plus one attack on a weapon profile can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you combine Aura of Glory with with hammerers or Drake spawn knights, and that unit becomes an absolute monster. Yeah, so, my, yeah. so one of my last lists I've been running with Tempest Eye has been the Dreadlord on Black Dragon. With a block of dread knight, uh, uh, black knight, black knights, um, the the cold white knights, the what are they called? Drake spawns. Drake spawn knights, uh, who are getting you know like a is it a two up armor save in the first turn? Oh yeah. They're rerolling the charges, plus one attack. Um, the dreadlord's command ability combines really well, so all of a sudden the list text starts coming and it becomes brutal. But the problem is, is because there's like over a hundred different choices when you start looking at the three different books you get like analysis paralysis <laughs> definitely yeah there's a lot to choose from and you end up going it's... with biases in some ways just from what you aesthetically like the look of the most i find um which is not a bad thing because you know there's going to be people you know that have either got old collections and they would just want to build around those and maybe supplement them a little bit or there's you know you know not everyone wants to do conversions and stuff. So the fact that you can just, you know, pick to go narrow your focus and just go with the dwarfs or just go with the elves or just go with the, the old empire stuff, you know, there's still a lot of choice if you do that. And it makes it a little bit easier to uh, to, to, to sift through everything, doesn't it? So yeah. uh, one thing I was going to mention before about Oral Glory was, you know, you can put it on Endromigas. And then it's kind of like having the old chemist buff back. It's really cool, um, but it's uh, uh, it's not but, as easy as the old chemist buff. No, he needs to stay within twelve in the combat phase. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I'd like to say about the celestial visions, uh, we compared it earlier to uh, the artifact, which is a four plus command point. Mm-hmm. A casting value of seven is the same if you don't have any bonuses to cast. It's a fifty-fifty chance. But you get the dispel attempt from your opponent, so actually it's worse than the artifact mm. if you don't have uh, super casting. Yeah, it depends if you're building in those casting buffs mm. and and who you're playing against, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Plus, most most wizards in Cities of Sigma, if they're not in Hallow Heart, they only have one casting attempt. So you might wanna 
I don't know, use your resources in terms of spell attempts a bit more for other stuff. Yeah, Celestial Visions for me is, is a nice to have. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll often have spells that I want to get off more importantly than Celestial Visions. And if I'm really desperate for Celestial Visions, I'll buy the command point in my list building. Um, now more than ever, because if I fight, a, again, I mentioned Nagash, a Techless, a Lord of Change, a Lord Croak, um, the likelihood of me getting off this cast is quite low. So mm -hmm. um, I already need to adapt to my strategy or I need to find, as Max said, bring the Patricia's Helm, buy the command point, find other ways it doesn't rely on magic. And I think the game in general is moving that way. We can't rely on these small buffs from a wizard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where we've been looking at this for the last couple of weeks in preparation for the show, I basically see like built a list and then gone looked then then afterwards looked at the list and gone have i got any wizards do i need to give them any spells rather than building around the spells because i feel mm -hmm. like it's unless you really do go the route where you try and maximize your bonuses to cast you're you're going to be in a in, in a tough spot against a lot of opponents um but yeah um i think we can move on a bit Mm -hmm. That's covered all all of the allegiance abilities for Tempest Eye, except yep. for the battalion. So, uh, as an overall, like I've personally been going like been gravitating towards the shooting builds, but it looks like there's a lot there pushing you towards combat builds. Where it looks it seems like you, your favorite coach, uh, Max and Con. What what's your sort of takeaway from the allegiance abilities as a whole? Well, as I as I mentioned earlier, I'm a dispossessed man, uh, mm -hmm. so no stupid elves in my list. It's all dwarves, and the the beauty of dwarves is they can do both. They can do mm -hmm. hammer, combat. They can we can might see this later. You can give them four mm -hmm. attacks each. One of them is ore of glory. So you need some wizards, but they're allowed. Uh, and the other stuff is the best shooting in, in that book, uh, presumably, is Iron Drakes. So you can go shooting. Basically, what you're building is a warmer fantasy dwarf army. You're just castling up with a 2-plus save, <laughs> shooting, and then if something rams into your shield wall, then you send out the hammers to, to deliver the killing blow. And uh, Tempest Eye, these rules are very similar to the rules that we had in the Firestorm expansion previously. Uh, and that's where dispossessed players went to get some sort of, of rules for their army. Mm -hmm. And they were very good because, as uh, Coach mentioned, dwarves move four inches. Uh, and having seven inch plus one run plus another run from the musician. So that's already nine plus D6. Mm -hmm. Those are fast dwarves. No one expects mm -hmm. dwarves to be that fast. Well, that's turn one objective yeah. scoring dwarves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember playing dispossessed early on. And it took them three turns to actually start challenging. <laughs> now, you, now there's turns to get them a fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you can actually do something. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say Tempest Eye is uh, its most powerful aspect is increasing your army's maneuverability, which is possibly one of the most important things in the game. Is yeah. how quickly can your army get to where it wants to be? And yeah. Yeah, with Tempest Eye, just with, with plus one to run and plus three movement and running and shooting, um, you, you can you can have 
a castle, but that castle can bomb its way up the board and be in the center of the board, turn one and go, right, I've got hammerers, I've got um, uh, the handgunners that, that, that are going to overwatch you the moment you hit me, the hammer's going to counter charge, and you've, you've got these, um, uh, you, you can have fast elements like pistoliers or uh, Drakespawn knights to hit the flanks and you can put Phoenix Guard in the middle center objectives, turn one, and they're just sitting there. Yeah. And I, th I think the key that Kron just mentioned there is already without getting into the unit selection, you have an idea in your mind of how my army's going to run. Is it going to be a castle? Is it going to be a, a, a turn one wave charge like an Iron Jaws unit? Is it going to be this massive shooting advancing force? Uh, now that I've got this idea in my mind, I start to find the units and the synergies that best complement the style of army I enjoy, but also what works really well. Do I bring in Drake's Born Knights and Kitty Cats from Stormcast? Do I bring in shooting units from Caradron Overlords, you know, my, uh, my Balloon Boys or some type of Arcanauts or something that's going to support my Iron Drakes, my, uh, you know, like the Darkling Covens, they have a, they can run and still shoot using a command point and Dark Shards are pretty, pretty brutal as well. So uh, my handgunners hold the line. So again, there's just so many different combinations, like what works best. Yeah, um, I had put like the next thing to talk, like to talk about it's the battalion, but it does seem like it actually lends itself to talk about the units beforehand. I will so, say the battalion is good. The battalion mm. is good, but it rewards you as a free guild player. If mm. you are wanting to run pistolies and outriders, it's awesome. And it lets me bring in two gun haulers. It's great. If I'm if I max, it's hot garbage. I look, if yeah. Max looks at this goes, I can't use it. I can't use it. It's not it doesn't fit my army. I can't literally do anything with this. So it's next. Mm. Well, we can circle back to it a bit because you started talking about some of the units and giving some great info. So I, like I picked out um, on the screen here, we've got some of the notable sort of heroes you can put in. Um, so you've got things like Sorceress because you can get plus two to cast. Um, Battle Mage because they've got lots of different spell options they can have because the way Battle Mage works is you choose what realm they're from. Yeah, and this is important. City, yeah. It's not the city realm, yes. Yeah, so unlike the city being locked into actually, the 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 mage can sort of have hone their skills in whatever realm that they originally came from and and now are just living in the city since then. <laughs> I don't know how, how it works, but so they I, can choose. I like, all. Think, I like to think that the battle mage is studying. Like you go to university and you, you study a major. This is the battle mage's major. Okay. So it majors in Gur. It majors in Gyra. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So wh whichever realm it's majored in, then that's the spell that it gets. And there's some from from that one model, you get a lot of different choice of spells. Effectively, so you can get things like uh, minus one to hit uh, or plus two to run and charge, which we alluded to earlier. And most of their spells will go off on like a five. Uh, so unlike the um, the spells from the Legion, they're a little bit easier to get off. Uh, and then you've got things like Rune Lords, um, which can have plus two to unbind and dispel, and they can do prayers, which, you know, can't be dispelled or, or unbound, mm. unbound, I should say. Uh, things like the Warden King. There's, um, I mean, I'm not going to read all these out because there's a lot, but there's a lot of great 
heroes that you can be putting into lists for buffs, which from a KO perspective is reroll like, ones to wound. Yeah, we don't <laughs> That's have all we, we don't get. Have, <laughs> we don't have heroes for buffs. So when you start reading all these war scores and go, oh, these are great. These are lots of synergy. <laughs> um, Coach, what are you know some of the the most important heroes that cities have available to them in your opinion? I mean, I have a whole 45 minute video that I put out not long ago, just starting oh, on. Fair up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, a couple that you don't have caught here uh, the Knight in Cantor cracking model from Stormcast mm -hmm. range lets you unbind once per game and allows you to bring in Stormcast endless spells. So, bringing in the Everblaze Comet is a great mm -hmm. way to take down opponents from afar. And very similar to the Nomad Prince, make it harder for them to cast. And it's aura damage. So, uh, wonderful little combination there. I was just rereading uh, Gotrek's spell. I said Gotrek's War Scroll, <laughs> and and being able to give him plus three move. Uh, I was just rereading to see if he got Tempest Eye or what type of rules. I don't think he gets a no. plus three movement, but you can bring in some of these things like the plus two to run and charge, and some of the other rules. So um, it might be worth considering bringing someone like him in. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else? Honestly, uh, so I mentioned the Dreadlord on Black Dragon works really well if you're taking uh, Drakespawn Knights, your free guild general on foot uh, with his hold the line ability, giving plus one to hit and plus one to wound to three units. So that could be really beneficial to your handgunners or your crossbowmen, but you do that in turn two because they can't move in that turn. So uh, rewards them running up the board and then kind of applying that and just, you know, really holding fast in the centre of the board. Uh, Hurricanum's Luminarchs, there's just so many good hero options. Uh, for yeah. me, for me, often, it's about the troops, then the heroes that support the troops, as opposed mm. to st most lists will start with a hero and then kind of build out from the hero. With cities, it's like, right, I really want Iron Drakes, Iron Breakers. I really want handgunners, crossbowmen, free guild guard, mm. and then what are the heroes that support those choices? Mm. So yeah, the important thing important. that oh, I've noticed about a lot of the heroes is, and 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 not and any bus generally, for most of the time they target a specific keyword yes. as opposed to cities of Sigma. There's a couple of notable exceptions we'll get to a bit later, but... Um, mostly you know you're playing keyword bingo um and so that's probably you know why you're thinking about the units first and then looking what can buff them as opposed to um the heroes first because then the heroes you know shoot you know they're making the decision of what uh units you take um, yes cities want to be the multicultural you can bring everything but if you look at the synergies between the units, it's mm -hmm. race. Yeah. Dispossessed, buff dispossessed. Uh, I'm not sure what the Nomad Prince buffs because there's not many Wonder units left. Mm -hmm. uh, free Guild does Free Guild. So, you know, they're all, you can, but this can, you can build power pairs. Mm -hmm. And you should go back and watch uh, Coach's video on those power pairs in cities yeah. oh, yeah. uh, where he goes into detail. Yeah, it is definitely worth the watch. Um, it's certainly helpful for me for prepping for this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a prime example is the Free Guild General because his command ability uh, buffs three 
three guild units. So if you take him, you feel like you need to have a couple of units at least to really benefit from his buff. Um, because, yeah, he can buff three units. And then if you've only got one there sitting there, it feels a bit like a bit of a waste. Um, so let's um, look at some of the units. Um, again, these are just some examples that I picked out um, because there's a plethora, a, a word I can't pronounce, obviously. There's a, a huge amount of choice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> so, Max, obviously, I, from knowing you, and you've probably already given the impression so far on the show that you are probably, you know, looking towards the dispossessed units. Uh, Coach, obviously. You, if I'm correct, I think we're originally an old Empire player, weren't you? I am, but I've been playing a, a lot with uh, with elves, funnily enough. Mm -hmm. I, for a long time, I've said the only good elf is the dead elf, but I keep... Mm -hmm. I keep going towards elves, and I'm now building a, a Daughters of Cain. Uh, that's a cult of pleasure. It's a narrative force. Uh, <laughs> but as I mentioned, yeah. I've been really enjoying playing um, Drake Spawn with um, with the Dreadlord and Black Dragon. I've just been surprised with his combat output. But I also love the Phoenixes. I love the Flame and the Frost Phoenixes, and they work really well in in mm -hmm. City. So. Um, and even have you can take them unmounted so they don't have to be a hero they could just be a monster and um they're quite they're quite nasty so mm -hmm. i'm um, I, I i went full trader i'm just i i love i love darkling covens and daughters of cain one day harkuran will be legal on the table <laughs> it's legal i'll let you play it slivering like, oh, snake <laughs> traitor is it you lose the keyword though. Yeah, I mean, you lose the city's keyword. Correct, which is partially why I didn't want to talk about it here because you don't actually get part half of the city's stuff. <laughs> but if you think yeah. about those units, right? You know, you've got your long beards, your hammerers, your iron dregs, which are rewarding your dispossessed builds. Yeah, long beards and your hammerers are going to really benefit from the plus three movement and the plus one armor save, getting the one of your units down to a two plus, a majority Oof. of your troops on a on a three plus. Um, in the first turn is really brutal. Pistolies mm -hmm. and Outriders. I love Pistolies because, one, they're fast. Two, they shoot, and then they can shoot on the charges um, as on the slide. So it means I get to double shoot, and then the abilities to run and shoot or pluses to shoot to, to charging, pluses to shooting with things like the Hurricanum. Uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, they, they, they are brutal on the charge. Mm -hmm. Um, your Phoenix Guard are just like an absolute wall of like none shall pass. But then on the flip side, your Shadow Warriors can really dance around the table and start sniping from the side or, you know, stealing objectives, you know, quite late in the game. Um, then there's so many more options you can choose from. Um, Aether Wings, I mentioned earlier, I was taking them when Aether Wings were 50 points. They've now come mm -hmm. down to 40 points. So mm -hmm. for cheap, fast, objective scoring and they go for the objective and if my opponent kills them who cares they're 40 points yeah. but if they don't they're just scoring the objective and just generally being annoying you don't need to take the long strikes to take advantage of the of the um the aether wings the, the other good thing about aether wings is they're a really handy way to zone out space because there's a lot of teleporting in the game these days um so which is nothing wrong with obviously 
tell us it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's. Um, but yeah, they can really be great as owning that space because even though there's not many models there, they they've got this you know nine inch bubble around them that stops units being set up in. So um, th- yeah, they're a great option. Uh, it generally feels like in cities, if you've got a role you want to fill in your army, you've got like a dozen different choices of units that can do that role. Um, yeah, yeah, what you, you often want... have is one kind of unit in free races. So for example, mm-hmm. hammers, they're your melee mm-hmm. unit, more a bit more elite. You go to free guild, those are your great swords. Same, same, basically same profile. They do models on a on a hit of six. Hammers do it on a wound of six, but basically it's the same. You go to elves, then it's uh, I think the good guard. The executioners, the in the, in the executioners. So it's it's just you know whatever the looks you like of, but you have the same options. They're not yeah they're not quite the same, but they're very similar. So there's like yeah, little it's the same category. Yeah, yeah like this, yeah the same category. Um, yeah, like same same you know, iron drakes. And the Iron Drakes, um, yeah, your Iron Drakes, right? You know, we've mm-hmm. got handgunners and and crossbowmen. So again, you know, they're really worthy candidates to be teleported with a Soul Scream Bridge. But then there's mm-hmm. pros and cons, you know, and you know, all of a sudden yeah. you add a Warden King and a Rune Lord, and the Iron Drakes <laughs> just like, poof. yeah, Sisters of the Watch is another. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's all uh, you have options in aesthetics. Uh, I don't know. I know. I'm not going to judge, but you like elves, okay? Sure. Yeah. Do your thing. You like dwarves? Great choice. Stay with that. <laughs> you like humans? Okay, they're nice. They're cute. Uh, but you can build the same kind of army or army jobs assigned to units. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the trick is just finding which one's most efficient in your army, really. Mm. Yeah, because they all then also have slightly different points values as well. So one might be a better. Mm-hmm. You know, statistically better unit, but then it's actually slightly more points as well. So it comes, you know, down to you know what space you have less in your list as well. Um, mm. But then, from a Tempest Eye perspective, you're adding Cowdron Overlords onto the top of this as well, mm. which uh, which are expensive another, compared to yeah. cities. Um, yes, but the, and but then the, the you know when you're looking at oh I've got this role I want to fill. With the exception of potentially an anvil, you know, KO can fill most of those roles as well. So it's, yeah, you get a huge amount of choice. Um, I think it's worth calling out, though, that um, when Cities of Sigma very first dropped, um, you found majority of people favoured the free guild builds. Mm-hmm. Um, crossbowmen and handgunners were definitely the shooting choice uh, mm-hmm. on the table. But then in between General's Handbook 19 to 20, your Ironbreakers, your Longbeards, your Warden King, um, all went down in points. They mm-hmm. all went down in points. So all of a sudden the pendulum swung and now your dispossessed units have become uh, more incentivized. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you add the fact that gun haulers went from 150 to 130. Um, now it's kind of favoring this route. And there might be a mm-hmm. day that the next General's Handbook, it's Darkling Covens where the points decrease and dwarves go yeah. up. So I think as the pendulum swings, um, Cities are in a good place to follow the meta, um, yeah. which is why I said that I don't think we're 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 too worried. Like we've got so many tools in the toolbox, we can adapt. While you know, Iron Jaws or Flesh Eater Courts, it has like ten models. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, it, most armies, if you're 
if your hammer unit gets a nerf because it goes up in points or something, it's a big problem. But for cities, you've got like four or five different other hammers units you can choose from. Um, you've also exactly. made me worried now because I, I can't remember if I got these points from the Battle Tome or from War Scroll Builder. <laughs> so <laughs> they could be wrong. Um, I you look right to me. Yeah, Longbird Hundred has new points. Yeah. Majority of what you chose there didn't change in points. Gyros didn't change. For, it doesn't matter. And you know what? Uh, the points will continue to change. Yeah, yeah. and these are correct, so nice. that's good. Okay. Uh, so I think we've covered talking about the units because we can't talk about every single unit. The no. most important thing is to get the idea that there's this huge amount of choice. Um, so let's circle back. And the other, and the other point is what Max said about is that um, it's about extrapolating the value. It's like you know, handgunners might be worth a hundred points, but what can supercharge my handgunners and mm. you know increase the value and get more out of my points investment? It's those keyword bingo synergies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's look at the battalion. So we mentioned earlier there's only one um, for Tempest High. So this is the Ape Guard Windrunners. So what you can have in that battalion is you have to have a free guild general on Griffin, uh, three to six units of either free guild outriders or free guild pistoliers, and then naught to two Grunstock gun haulers. So the gun haulers are optional. Um, and then the ability is uh, that units from this battalion can retreat and still shoot and or charge later in the same turn. Um, so my first thoughts on that initially from a KO perspective is, well, the gun hauler doesn't necessarily benefit from the ability that much. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, not worth taking the battalion. Um, but because a gun hauler can fly high, you know, if it flies high, that doesn't count as a retreat anyway. So, and you don't necessarily want it to charge potentially anyway because it can't do much in combat not so, not outside of ko yeah where you don't get no. the the torpedo no. um so the gun hole is not necessarily benefiting from the ability but it might be worthwhile taking anyway uh this battalion you did see quite a bit of use when the city's book first come out <laughs> you saw you know people taking this with you know lots of outriders and pistoliers because that's what it includes and uh basically running forwards with a, a hurricane and up behind to support it and shooting stuff and then shooting stuff on the charge and retreating and shooting it. again yeah, and charging and again and shooting yeah again. <laughs> so yeah this um, is your your cowboy build basically yeah um coach have, have you played with this battalion at all yeah yeah, I have. I have. I own. I own thirty-five pistoliers and fifteen odd <laughs> outriders as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I do own two gun haulers. Um, and I kind of ran a pseudo half-assed version of this at SAGT last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't own enough gun. I didn't own enough uh, outriders at the time. Didn't nearly get the value that I wanted. Uh, the other thing, important thing to call out is your pistoliers can also run and charge as well. So. Pistoliers are going to be able to naturally run and charge and through the battalion then also tr retreat and shoot and retreat and charge. So basically they are this ultimate flexibility unit mm -hmm. that can just charge, shoot before they charge, then shoot on the charge and then retreat and still shoot and then shoot again on the charge, manipulating <laughs> uh, around the board. They, it's, it's crazy. And then you start adding synergies like Hawkeye. You start adding the plus one to hit from the Hurricanum 
all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're putting out some decent damage with range one. You know, you, you are, you are daughters of caning in the shooting phase. You know, mm-hmm. this is chip damage because they only do one damage on range one. Uh, and each pistol he has two two shots per 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 time. Like they've got a brace of pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it's it's a it's a good battalion. Um, I really like it's it's one of the few battalions that I think Cities likes. Uh, but it is very specific. I can't run an Aether, uh, an Aether Guard Wind Runners with Dwarden. I can't run it with any other build. Or if I do, it's like a half unit. So like I'm, I'm not I'm not building a two K around Dwarden, for example. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if you like your free guilds and you like this type of thing, these are great. Uh, I think the question that I was really curious to talk to you guys about is, do I bring the two gun haulers or do I bring one gun hauler with some Sky Wardens or some engine riggers? You know, am I worth taking the gun haulers? Do I take ironclad? So uh, where's the best support come from too? I think the uh, gun haulers here, as Lee mentioned earlier, they don't benefit from the retreat and run and shoot because we can disengage or fly high and we're not charging, but it's a nice way to reduce your drops. Because mm. if you were taking one gone horror with some sky ones anyway, well, it's one less drop because I can just put him in the battalion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my perspective on this is I wouldn't cook gun haulers because if you're taking this, like, when you build a Tempest-Eye list, it seems very early on you have to make this decision of are you going to take the battalion or not? And if you're taking the battalion, you, you're, it gets you to a low-drop list, and therefore it, once you start adding extra things in, you start questioning whether the battalion is even worthwhile if you're going to be high-drop anyway. Um, so I would include the gun haulers. Whether you have like one and a unit is you know you could do that like you could have a unit of riggers um because but it depends how many heroes you're taking and if you're taking anything else outside the battalion how many drops you want to be is probably the question um i think i tried looking at a list that included an iron card with alongside this battalion um and it ended up being quite often this battalion ends up pushing you to four drops it, once you start adding other stuff. And generally, I would think if I was running this battalion, I'd want to be free drops. Yeah, like m- most, of the, most of the time when you run this particular battalion, it's two drops. It would be this mm-hmm. plus uh, a Hurricanum. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, in the meta, anything under four is good. It's I wouldn't ever build this as a one drop. I think the Hurricanum is a must-take mm-hmm. uh, option. Um, and then to answer Matt Barker's question, um, they can choose here. So they can choose to uh, to they can retreat and shoot. They can retreat and shoot and charge, or they can retreat or charge. Like they don't have to shoot. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's, the and or means that they you you have the choice. You can retreat mm-hmm. and then do what you want to do, whether it's shoot, charge, or both. Mm-hmm. And that depends which units you take as well, because the outriders on their war scroll have an ability to run and shoot or run and charge so if for those they could retreat and run and shoot whereas the pistol is uh could only um retreat retreat and not run um running but there's a trade-off because the uh the outriders hit on five and the pistol is hit on four and don't get the uh the outriders don't get the shooting when they charge 
So, so, so most people are, are doubling down on the Pistoliers over than the Outriders. Outriders will be there to support, but majority of your points go into the Pistoliers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I found, like, trying to build around this, as soon as you start adding extra stuff, then you, like, then you also want to add something to support it. Or And then you, you got, start getting to this issue of, oh, now all of a sudden I'm on four drops or five drops. Um, he also ran out of points. Like I know when I was playing around with this, you know, I had a, a, a gun hauler and then I had six um, Endron riggers. And then I started thinking, oh, maybe I should get a, um, you know, a, um, a, a balloon leader of some capacity um, to, to hitch the ride and kind of increases, increase the likelihood of some of this stuff. And then so all of a sudden I'm spending too many points or I'm increasing my drops too high. Mm hmm. Yeah, the other thing I ran into is, at most, with if you don't include the gun haulers, at most there's seven units in this list, in this battalion, because you've got the hero and then six outriders or pistoliers. And then if you start including a certain number of KO units, then you have to have um, three um, cities units for every um, KO unit. So if you wanted to have three KO units, for instance, say if you wanted to have three gun haulers, because you think, oh, right, I've got two in the battalion and one that's not in the battalion, but then you also then need to have extra cities units for that third gun hauler to make it fit, and then that starts pushing your drops up again. Yeah, you're going to be so, 12 drops. If, you, if you're going three KO units, you're going 12 drops. Well, not, not with the... With the 12, 12 units. The, 12, but you need 12 units in total. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's like 12 units. 12 drops, yeah. 12 units, 12. Yeah. One in every four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then you see we've got seven and then three gun holders, eight, nine, ten, and then you've got to add two more units. It's then, again, you're on for four drops at least just to fit in the third gun hauler. Um, uh, no, taking taking a uh, couple of gun haulers definitely works well because the city students, even though they're fast, they, um, you know, they can only threaten so far. And... If they all push forwards, then your backfield is empty, whereas you can just sit some gun haulers in your backfield. They've got long-range shooting, so they can, you know, just plink some shots along, and they can zone out, you know, people teleporting onto your back objectives. And then later, when they move forward to try and uh, kill some of your, your cowboys, they can, you know, fly high onto the objectives that they've left. Um, so they offer some good utility. Um, it doesn't really matter that I don't think that they ben don't benefit from the um, allegiance ability, and uh, not the allegiance ability, the battalion ability. Sorry. Yeah, you're taking them to reduce your drops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think then yeah. the question is, if you don't care about that, are you better off taking a different ship? Mm -hmm. If you don't, yeah, if you don't care about drops, then, I mean, there's two ways you could go. I think with this battalion, which is you. You take multiple gun haulers because then they've got multiple fly high threats. So your your opponent's not just thinking, well, oh, you can fly high here or here, but not both. If you've got multiple gun haulers, you can do both, or you can do three. Whereas, or you take the opposite route where you take something like a an ironclad because honestly, even with the plus one save, outriders and pistolers are squishy, aren't they? Um, and they only get that turn one. So, if you have something like an ironclad that's actually like a relatively mobile anvil um 
it's not as sturdy in later turns in cities as it is in KO because you lose your A for gold, but you know, two plus save turn one, it's nothing to uh, to uh, <laughs> to brush aside, is it? So, uh, pop an all out yeah. defense, we all that save, yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. melee. Mm. And the ability to get like an emerald life swarm to be able to heal at d3 a turn so mm -hmm. d6 a turn sorry d6 so mm -hmm. yeah um, there, there are ways to you know, keep that boat in the sky yeah heals itself one put in a hero for more heals yeah engine riggers yep all right um so yeah that's the battalion and then i've got here some key units, and not necessarily key to Cities of Sigma, except for one. Um, yes. Key from a KO perspective, because these are the three, the three models that can give good buffs to KO models potentially if you include them. So the Hurricanum can give plus one to hit for Cities of Sigma models. Um, that starts on a ten-inch range, but decreases as it takes damage. And it's models in range, as opposed to, um, you know, a unit being wholly within range. Um, mm -hmm. The Luminarch is the same thing, but it's a six plus to negate wounds or mortal wounds. Uh, it targets, again, the Cities of Sigma keyword starts on a 10-inch range. It's models, and it decreases as it takes damage. And then the Lord Ordinator, which is plus one to hit for Order War Machines, which is a nine-inch range. And because he doesn't have a damage table, that doesn't decrease. But you do have to be wholly within range of him. Um, so maybe to point out here where there are two points values, you can take either of these yes. with a battle mage or, or without. Mm -hmm. uh, but they still grant that base uh, or above, even without yeah. the battle mage. Yeah, there's two different ways of taking the Luminar called the Hurricanum. Um, and if they have the battle mage, they gain the hero keyword, but they don't get lookout, sir. No, nope. um, sadly. But the Daughters of Cain uh, cauldron gets it, so that's weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the Hurricanum is probably the go-to one here, really, because it also buffs all your, your city's units. And Coach, you alluded to earlier that the Luminarch of Hish you know, it doesn't stack with things like Phoenix Guard anymore to give them a four plus and a six plus. Um, no, but it means that you get versatility on your Iron Drakes, your other units. So um, you couldn't make a super durable um, Phoenix Guard, but you could make durability elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, one another effect that we we're not showing here is both of these give bonuses to spell casting and uh, or unbinding so the mm -hmm. hurricanum gives a plus one to casting to itself if yeah if it has a battle mage or your other battle mages so not to sorcerers not to um whatever other wizards we have but it must be the collegiate, collegiate arcane arcanum exactly uh, and the luminarch uh, does the same but just for unbinding mm -hmm. and they both got pretty good shooting but not really oh, yes. shooting things as well um oh. they are shooting but they you know they don't have a standard roll to hit wound and uh, stat line but they're both pretty good and long range shooting attacks mm -hmm. that do mortal wounds effectively um and the lord alternator is, he has also an ability 
uh, to make Stormcast Battleshock immune, which if you were taking them, but okay. you know, um, from a KO perspective, I don't think that's really matters. And actually, from a city's perspective, I don't think you're going to be putting Stormcast in anyway. Other no, you're, pieces, you're not spending 140 points to make your Stormcast Battleshock immune. No. I might check a, a cheap unit of liberators, but I'm not rushing out. Mm -hmm. If I got one in four, if I got one in four, that is not the best use of my one in four. Like, I, mm -hmm. uh, if I did, no. if that's if that's the way I'm building, yes, but I'm not. It's not a list tech mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm purposely going for. Mm -hmm. No. If you take the the alternator, it's either because you're taking a load of artillery, or you want to put some. You want to get into buff KO ships in some some way or something like that. Really, you're taking him for his plus one to hit on on war machines. The mm -hmm. trouble with taking him with KO is he doesn't keep up um, <laughs> <laughs> because they can teleport and he can't. Well, oh, he can. Like well, <laughs> there is a way uh, with a Knight Vexilla. Mm -hmm. Knight Vexilla yes. will will you can jump the boats up jump the ordinator up with the boats and then create a, a, a castle made of ships and ordinator that just smashes through with two plus to hit and yeah it's, a, it's a one one trick pony it happens once because then the vexiner is out of range mm -hmm. and it's another additional points you spend on a stormcast hero that you're gonna get one use out of and to be honest if i'm gonna add a second stormcast unit i would prefer the knight of xeros over mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the the Knight Vexilor, giving reroll ones to hit without spending a command point. So to me, again, if I'm either going lots of drops to increase my Stormcast choices, because again, then I want Aether Wings. So if I get an Ordinator with an Azeros and an Aether Wings, I'm now 12 drops. Ideally, I have two units of Aether Wings. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just, because there's so many options, this is the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. remembering what you're trying to build and, and staying true to that. Because there's just too many choices. Like, oh, but then I add a sorceress, and then the sorceress with plus two with the stabby stabby of the dread spears. Oh, if I'm taking dread spears, I might as well take some execution. Then I just get out a whole. <laughs> yeah, before you know it, you've run out of points because you've just built yeah. all your. You just tried to put too many synergies on yeah. one thing yeah. mm -hmm. um, because there's just too many available to choose from. Um, the other problem is, I think, is the Hurricanum is a little bit slow now it's lost out from losing thermal rider cloak which we alluded mm -hmm. to earlier um which especially if you want to say if you want it to buff a ship like you know the ship can go anywhere but it can only go as far as the hurricane can go if you want it buff um so cool. and it's the same problem with if you want it to buff uh the pistoliers or the outriders is they 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 naturally already move faster than the hurricane and then if you're going to give them run and shoot but well, then the hurricane is going to have to try and run to keep up and they've got to mm -hmm. be all the models need to be in re the models only the models in range get the buff so it's like the hurricane in a tempest island it's almost like always trying to run and keep up with stuff and, and that's okay because mm -hmm. that is a 20 inch move first turn because it gets a plus one to run it runs mm -hmm. six if it has a hero on top and spends a command point plus three and i think it's a 10 inch base move yeah, base, base um, so that's 20 inches plus the 10 inch of full health aura, so that's 30 inches. Most mm. of battle plans are 18 inches apart or, or 24, so you're gonna cover that, uh, yeah. that area and then just plant it somewhere in the middle. 
it soon adds up. It can generally be a similar problem with, you know, if you try and teleport the Lord Ordinator, which is it can take wounds quickly. And if it starts taking wounds, mm-hmm. it loses movement and the aura decreases in size. Drastically, um, yes. <laughs> so it's something to bear in mind that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, if what, you've is, got what is rushing it forwards? Then it's. Yeah, what what you is need to protect nice? it. that? The ability it's shooting attack, which is uh, full health. You throw three dice on a two plus. They deal D three mortal wounds on, at eighteen inch range. It is a shooting attack, so it cannot run and shoot unless you spend mm-hmm. a command point from Tempest Eye. Uh, but that thing is, you know, it's a two plus. It's basically three to nine mortal wounds. You can hero snipe easily with that. It, yeah. The shooting attack is one of the the major. The plus one to hit is nice, but that shooting attack is great. Yeah. And that's uh, is that thirty inch range? Uh, eighteen inch. Eighteen inch shot. Is it thirty inch on the luminarch? The luminarch the... Uh, is different. Yeah, it, it draws a line uh, from the mi- middle of it to thirteen inches apart, and every unit you pass with that imaginary line. Uh, I think it's D3 Mortal Wounds. But I have not played the Luminarch much because the Hurricanum is just better. The plus one hit. The the, the Luminarch would would work really well in living cities. Put it on the Mm -hmm. side of the board and just zap Mm -hmm. like like entire lines. Um, But in in a a Tempest Eye, the Hurricanum is definitely the stronger of the two. Mm. Yeah. You saw both in in the old Hollow Heart lists where you just bridge yep. everything front. The also the the spell that they have uh, both is a uh, more more or less it hits multiple units. Then they can do in Hollow Heart, of course, they can do a lot of spells uh, and deal multiple wounds. Then you have this shot. You can you know put the bridge on the side and then just fire this laser beam through the entire mm-hmm. front line of the army. You can do a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, mortal wounds with these uh, putting Lord Crook to shame. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and the, yeah, and we went, Coach, you briefly mentioned about the Knight Ezeros, which is, uh, you could you could make a case of putting him on here as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, re-roll once to hit. Uh, 100 yeah. points, 12-inch move, re-roll once to hit for multiple units. Um, the only problem is is that the reroll wants to hit comes from him shining his light on your enemy. So you've got to be within 10 inches or the 8 inches of the enemy. So mm-hmm. you need one good cracking shot against that opponent or they're going to charge you and kill that Azeros. So yeah. um, mm. you got to be very careful with how you use an Azeros. Well, mm. with boats, they can teleport 9 inches away. So he can be like mm-hmm. to the side an inch back. He's maybe a bit safer. Mm-hmm. In that in that regard, and still be within ten inches. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the allegiance abilities. We talked about something the battalion as well, and then we talked about you know some units that could buff KO. We talked about the general sort of units you can be taking and the heroes you can take to buff them from cities. So mm-hmm. let's talk about putting KO units into the into cities of Sigma first. So first of all. Let's just get out of the way how the ships are going to work. Because, you know, if you're a KO player, you know this. But a City Sigma player might not know this. And if you're new to the game and you're, you're, or you're new to both Cities and KO, um, you just like the idea of it, then you, you certainly won't know this. So there's basically two different ways uh, boats can transport units. 
either garrisoning or hitching. Um, garrisoning is where models get put inside the ship. It's only models with the marine keyword. So straight away, that means none of your city's units can go in the boat. It's only KO, mm -hmm. and it's basically only the ones with the marine keyword are the foot troops. So none of the ones with the balloons. Um, and then depending on how many models you put inside a ship, that could have the impact of either halving the amount of uh, distance that the ship can move or stop it from flying high um, if you put too many models inside. Um, the second way you can move boats is through hitching, which is for all the balloon boys. Uh, so basically they're attached to the outside of the ship when the ship flies high. Um, and the way that works is based off the ability that's on, actually on the war scroll for the balloon units. So all the end riggers, the Sky Wardens, Brock Grunson and the Andrew Master Dritable Suit all have this on their on their war scroll. It basically says when the ship flies high, they can go with it. Um, and that's limited to seven models per ship. So if you've taken a gun hold, you can't take a unit of nine end riggers to hitch with it because you can only take seven. Uh, which basically means you're taking either a unit of six or you're taking a unit of six and a hero. Um, and that's only when the ship flies high, so not if it moves around normally, but that doesn't matter because the balloon boys can all move 12. So when you look at the ships, the gun hauler doesn't have garrisoning. There is a way in KO of making it um, do it, but in Tempest Eye, you can't put models inside a gun inside. A gun hauler. Uh -huh. So you're, if you've got a gun hauler, the only way you're going to transport stuff with it is with the balloon boys hitching alongside. Yeah. And then frigates and ironclads can do both. And so a frigate can hold 10 models inside it without having any impairment to its movement. Um, and if you take above 10, then it can't fly high and it halves its movement. And the ironclad uh, can hold 15. If you go above that, then it can't fly high or... Um, or a half movement, and mm -hmm. they are kind of up to a total can hold 25, and the frigate can up to a total can hold 15. But again, then you're uh, you're sacrificing movement there. But and as I think seen, that, was, that was the the most confusing thing for me picking up KO within my cities was what was the marine what you know and, and for me it was the easiest thing was to pick up first was the balloon boys like right mm -hmm. this is what I can do this is what I can bring on a bo boat. Um, and I found that was easier to synergize versus then trying to bring in, you know, Arconauts or, you know, whatever it might be to try to bring in the boat combinations if I even need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about like a gun hauler and having some balloon boys hitching with it is it's not, it's something that can work outside of Tempest High because a gun hauler is 130 points. If you take six balloon boys, that's 200 points. So you've got 330 points. It's inside your 400 point limit for allies as well. Um, the trouble with a frigate is that if you want to take a unit and a hero, then you basically can't fly high because you know you're going to have a unit of 10 models and the hero is that makes 11, then it goes, then they can't fly high anymore. So let's take a unit of five or an understrength unit, um, which you could do, um, mm -hmm. then. Uh, yeah, then the, the frigate is not actually offering a huge amount of flexibility well, in transport. You take the balloon hero and attach him to the outside. Yes. Yeah, you can take a hero that goes on the outside. Um, so that's how that works. 
let's look at some basic combinations. So you could take something like an ironclad with thunderers inside. So you yep. fly high and then you've got some thunderers inside because they're good at shooting. Uh, <laughs> you can take something like a chemist and some thunderers because what's really cool about them is they both have minus one to hit auras in melee. So that stacks, you can get minus two to hit in melee. Uh, it doesn't work when they're inside a boat, though. We mentioned how a gun hauler and some riggers going around with it. A nice thing about that is they will also heal the boat if they're entering riggers, as opposed to taking Skywardens. Arknauts generally don't synergize that well with the boats because no. they have nine-inch range pistols, and if you want to fly yep. high to more than nine inches away, then they're not going to shoot anything. From a city's perspective, you could make a case of they're just cheap battle line that can also shoot. Because mm. a lot of the cheap battle line for cities doesn't shoot, and the shooting stuff is a bit more expensive. Um, but that's a very more. niche build, I think. Ten points <laughs> difference yeah. between cro- ten crossbow or ten arcanauts. Mm. And they'd be on a, uh, they also be a bit more durable as well. They're quite an efficiently pointed unit at the moment. Arcanauts, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although they're not as good, and this is maybe something that we will cover later, is what KO units lose when they leave KO Allegiance. Hmm. I don't yeah, know if we have an, an extra slide for that. There's a case for having Arcanauts, but again, I think it comes back to what you're trying to do. And um, as you've already said, Iron Drakes in Dwarves, mm-hmm. Handgunners uh, in Free Guild. Mm-hmm. You know, there's already good shooting. It's like, what does Arcanauts bring that the others can't? And I think there's some cases where Arcanauts definitely are winners. In most cases, probably can get a better synergy naturally. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's usually on that one in four slot as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some other options. You can take an Endrum Master of Dirigible Suit. He makes either Endrum Riggers or Skywarden's battle line. Because he's a Dwarden, mm-hmm. then he will make, I think it's Iron Drakes. Iron Drakes. Yep. Is it just Iron Drakes or is there another Only one? Only Iron Drakes because oh, okay. uh, they, they they have that rule because the cocksmith is not dispossessed. But mm, in Grey okay. Water Fastness, he's a, a good choice and so it, they turn into yeah. battle line when he's the general. Okay. Well, he, he also makes Iron Drakes battle line as well. Yes. So, um, okay, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned having two to three gun haulers just to threaten the, the, the fact that they've got long range shooting and they can teleport uh, to the backboard later game is handy. Um, what's good about that is if you take something in reserve like Shadow Warriors, they have to come down uh, before round four, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas the gun haulers can, you know, threaten from round four onwards um, those backboard areas. Uh, Sky Riggers, you can take big units of them. They are actually fairly decent in a couple of different roles, either long range shooting or as a like a melee hammer. And actually, if you take them as a shooting unit, if say if they're Endermiggers and they're twelve man unit, they still got a few different a few saws in that unit. And then if you give them more glory, they they're a shooting unit that actually might surprise your opponent and actually be okay in melee um, mm. as a as a hammer later. But they're a bit of a glass hammer um, mm. in the sense that they die relatively easy. And then an ironclad with a hero inside it, you know. With plus one as your wound. as your general getting yeah. out those extra aura abilities, yeah, yeah. Like measuring mm. from the ironclad base for that plus one to to wound instead of you know from a thirty two mil base is a big difference. Mm-hmm. And um, he's also buffing the hero by making him more survivable. 
Coach, have you got any questions on some of those combos or something maybe you thought of that we haven't got on there that you're like, well, why aren't we doing that? No, I, I think this makes sense. And I think it comes back to what I spoke about earlier, which was the decision tree. What am I trying to do? What best fits the role? Because um, I think, again, again, when I talked about that, you know, rabbit hole, uh, I mentioned earlier, um, Tempest Die, the battalion allows me zero to two gun holders. Do I take one? Do I take two? Do I take zero? Mm. If I take one, do I need to put balloon boys with it? Do I take six or three? If I take six, do I also then take a hero to go with it? That is now increasing my drops because I want to make the most of my gun hauler and my mm -hmm. engine rigger investment. All of a sudden, I'm now 500 points and more in combination of KO. My I'm, I'm 11 units in my in my build, um, and I'm restricting the other choices. So, what is it that I'm trying to do? And and should I want to have a mobile shooting machine? You know, it's very clear the Ironclad with the KO Hero is just going to be brutal, and it could be a nice little, um, uh, a nice little way to get over the Hurricane, which you're finding is getting blocked up without the fly keyword, is is struggling mm. to catch up, um, and it's, it's it's you know the the rules of how the KO Hero works in the Ironclad extending the buff range is a nice complement to the Hurricane. Mm. Uh, on the flip side, you're like, well, you know what? Uh, I like Shadow Warriors, but I'm struggling with uh, getting them in late game. I have to have them in turn three. Well, then maybe a gun hauler is going to be better for you. Mm -hmm. So I think this is quite clear to start thinking about what am I trying to solve and then what's the best combination. Um, yeah. I think um, the, the Ironclad, that was a really good call out as well because I don't think – I think people get tunnel vision with the gun hauler because it's a part of the battalion and it's cheap. Mm -hmm. When you start thinking about the plus one armor save in the first turn, all of a sudden that ironclad is just like, whoa, wait a second. That's mm -hmm. and, and and if I want to double down on that, then having Thunderers in there um, can work really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I haven't got it on here because, you know, I made eight nice little boxes, so it would be a nice thing. But you could <laughs> do uh, the like Thunderers in a ship. You could do that with a frigate as well. Because one thing you notice about all of these combos is they're mostly, you know, two things. Um, and a lot of these things could potentially be better if you added a third. But actually with cities and the one in four, it actually quite often is difficult to get that third unit in. Yeah. Because points, especially if you're putting mm. an ironclad in, which is 480 points. Like, yeah. Like, it's really nice to do a, an ironclad with... 14 funders or 15 funders in it or, uh, and then an Andrew Master of Dirigible Suit um, to get to, you know, yeah. to be a buff piece as well. But That's a thousand you, points almost. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's that's where, army. and that's where, and that's the pro one, that's the problem because then I've only got a thousand points to one, get out to 12 units. Yeah. Two, two, what am I now sacrificing because I've got a thousand points already mm -hmm. kind of invested? But then also, that's where the value of Aether Wings just goes absolutely mental because they're 40 points and you can get two yep. units of them. Uh, hell, get three of them if you're lucky. And mm -hmm. um, that's 120 points for three of those slots that you're trying to fill. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And the carrier units are, especially if you start taking good in the boat, so they have points drops, but 
compared to cities, units are quite pricey in terms of you know what you what you what you're going to get. Um, mm. Not saying they're inefficient, but you pay a lot. Like if you take a boat, you're paying a premium for its ability to transport, and then if it's not transporting something, it's maybe you're not actually getting your your money's worth, your points worth. For mm. instance, an ironclad is four hundred eighty points. Um, and Eighteen drop, wounds. Yeah, you drop that down somewhere, it can do a lot of shooting. It does most of its damage if it's you know twelve inches away or less. Like it doesn't do so much from its when it's further away because it's got a range of different guns. And but if you have skyriggers, you know, a unit of twelve of them with their long range guns and they're buffed by a hurricane and their plus one to wound would do more damage than an ironclad if that's got the same buffs. I think. Or comparable yeah. at the very least, and it's less points. And Basically, you don't I, 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 I wouldn't take the ironclad or the frigate unless you're planning to use that transport as well, because mm -hmm. it will. It still won't. It's it's got significant firepower, but it won't outshoot things or out damage things that are at the same price point. Mm -hmm. the f yeah, I think we need to when we talk about points and value, we need to talk about what what you lose when going to Tempest Eye. Because the price in the in the battle tome, in the Caradron Overlords battle tome, is a boat gets a gold share mm -hmm. for those points. We don't get that in, in Tempest Eye. We lose the ability to to spend uh, gold for a triumph once per phase. So re-rolling all hits, re-rolling all wounds, or re-rolling all saves, which would be massive, having a 2-plus save first round, re-rolling all of them. That'd be just... Crazy. That's something you can throw in your opponent's face and to deal with this for two turns because it's just going to park there. And I think that's that, that's a really key piece, Max. Is that um, when I when I see you know I'm I'm, I'm you know, playing devil's advocate here and you know I go to a local tournament and I see my local KO player just absolutely drop down from the sky, burninate all the peasants. They got all these <laughs> different units, right? And I'm like, wow, I really want that in my army, and I buy myself that ironclad. And then I put it on the table in my KO, my my Tempest Eye, and it doesn't do exactly what you did. And I don't quite understand the difference. Uh, I know, yes, there's Allegiance stuff, but here's the stuff that you gain in Tempest Eye. What have I lost? And I think that's a really good point to compare yeah. the combinations and the interaction with the Aether Gold, um, the interaction with the Sky Ports and, you know, the different uh, footnotes and things like that that are, again, increasing the value of, certain units that makes them well worth their investment yeah another thing which is critical for the sky vessels is you lose the engine work which is the uh mount trait so to say the boat trait mm -hmm. the boat effect we call it <laughs> uh and there's great ones the battle ram doing multiple wounds on the charge or the last word which is you charge my ironclad it's going to shoot at you mm -hmm. stuff like yeah. that yeah it, it turns the ironclad into Sisters of the Watcher or handgunners, basically. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, keep that in mind that you you lose those things, but what you gain for KO is access to plus one to hit and plus one to wound, which we do not have in the mm -hmm. in the book in KO book, and that makes a good shooting unit, the Anklad, freeze and freeze, twos and twos, one rain two damage on mm -hmm. fourteen shots. Poof, that's yeah. crippling. I think what I've learned with Tempest Eye and KO is that I can't be as aggressive with my KO as you are because I don't have that shoot on the charge, 
I don't have the things that you just mentioned, like the footnotes mm -hmm. and the the the, the all, that, all that stuff that you just talked about. I can't be as aggressive. I think where KO has really worked for me has been a second wave shooting line, as you know, Cron mentioned earlier, having some some Endron riggers or some Sky riggers following the Hurricanum around, being within that buff, and with some quite long shooting, really killing your opponent in combination with Harakana, the, the, sorry, the handgunners or the Iron Drakes or some other shooting units that I might have all built around the Hawkeye command trait. So I, I think that's probably what I've learned the most by playing with KO is I just can't be as aggressive as you are. Mm -hmm. I think one of the useful things you can do if you do include KO is if you're building something like a, a castle with a gun line type thing is... Even if the uh, if you include a sky vessel, even if it's not as shooting effective as say iron drakes, it does mean that when your opponent comes to you because they've got to come to you because you're shooting, and then when they do come to you, you've got this thing that can teleport to their back objectives, um, and that's without including an additional unit um, that you might have had to include, like some shadow warriors or some canary heart renders or shadow stalkers or something like that so that's a really good point that's that's where i've looked at my gun hauler is do i take a gun hauler shadow stalker uh or shadow warrior and i've often mm -hmm. found my gun hauler replaces my shadow warrior mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah a lot of the time the ko units are actually going to be competing for space with cities units and i don't think there's necessarily always the answer there one unit can do things better or worse. It's often, I think, KO units can do a multi, can do a, a dual role, whereas a city's unit would do a singular role. So, for instance, you could have Skyriggers shooting behind the screen, and that's the same role as Iron Drakes. But once you charge that screen, like say they're Sky Wardens, well, they can fight over the top of the screen with their two-inch range weapons, whereas Iron Drakes are not going to do that as well. Um, uh, or you know, gun haulers, you know, they can be long range shooting, they can do the same role as a, a rocket battery. Um, but uh, yeah, they can then teleport late game. So, but, we've, uh, we've talked a lot of theory. Um, mm -hmm. should we maybe show off some of the lists that, yes, um, that like we like we've talked a lot about you know the different combinations and how we've thought about things. But, like, how do we actually put this on the table and, and turn the theory into a list? Yeah. Perfect time, yeah, to move on to lists, especially since um, we're nearing two hours. Yeah. I mean, like, what did you expect? Cities of Sigma has a massive book with, mm -hmm. with lots of options, and I think this is, again, the analysis paralysis. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this first list, call it Steampunk Cowboys. Some people will call it Cowboys and Aliens. This is based around the planning. <laughs> Uh, so it's a free gold general on Griffin, the Hawkeye command trait to give plus one to wound shoot, Patricia's helm for battleship community. He's got the great, great hammer. I don't know if that's the best option or not, to be honest, on um, the Griffin, uh, um, him, but uh, I think I with the shield, matter. he's on a two plus save as well. Yeah, you want, I think you definitely want him to have the shield when he's in tempers, aren't yeah. Whether it's a hammer or a lance or sword, I don't think it really matters for the list. And then you've got Hurricanum, with which is the battle mage version, so he's a hero as well. Um, because it's a battalion, you've got an extra artifact. So he's got the Seer Stone amulet, 
to be honest, you could swap those two um, those artifacts around. I don't think that really matters. Uh, the spell is Strike of Eagles um, for this list. It could change, to be honest. I, but I, yeah, I that's the one. I'm bit, you got two mm-hmm. units of five free guild outriders, one unit of ten free guild outriders, and then two units of fifteen pistoliers. Then two gun haulers and the battalion. Um, so basically, the gun haulers are zoning out some space in the backfield, doing long range shooting, and then when they're trying to deal with all your outriders and pistoliers, if they leave space open, then your gun haulers are going to go in and fill that. Um, coach, as a as a city's player, do you have any thoughts on? you know, the choice between Outriders and Pistoliers here and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, like, when, when I looked at this list, like, it's it's mostly... It, we, we've kind of talked about this list a lot. Uh, we haven't specifically, like, gone doubled down into it. But me, for me personally, I prefer the Pistoliers because of the shoot on the charge. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me. So if anything, I would just swap, uh, swap out the 10 Outriders for 10 more Pistoliers mm-hmm. that... The, the the season for taste here, pros mm-hmm. and cons on either side. Ultimately, I guess the, the key to this list here is your free guild general doesn't want to be in combat, or at least it wants to choose its combat. It's not a vampire lord on, on terror geist or zombie dragon. Mm-hmm. It's not a uh, a more crusher. So be very selective with how it is in combat. You know, you're doing most of your damage from your pistoliers and your griffin and battle mages are support pieces getting in when appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in terms of unit sizes, would you go for like a couple of small units, or would you, uh, or would you just no, go no, 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 the, the, the big the big units work because I want to maximize the charge. I want to maximize my mm-hmm. command point of re-rolling or whatever it might be. So, mm-hmm. um, for me, I think you've got the right combinations. Uh, if anything, maybe you you make one unit of no no. I think I think you've got the right combinations. That's kind of how I like to build mine because the two units of five give me flexibility. But yeah, mm. the two units of five I think can run forward and be a, a screen for your other units potentially if your opponent if your opponent really deploys back a bit. Um, you know, because if someone sees this list, they know what it's going to do effectively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're two wounds apiece, you know, you want to have inspiring presence. I think the, the worthy call out here is the rousing battle cry, which is the, the general's uh, mm-hmm. command ability that gives them plus one to charge rolls and as well as uh, the, I mean, the melee is okay, but really, you know, getting plus one on the charge, again, just really rewards the, the pistoliers getting in mm-hmm. and shooting on the charge after they've shot. Because once you shoot in a shooting phase, your opponent's going to try to make your charge harder. They're going to try to yep. remove it, try to you know, pull back, right? So getting that plus mm-hmm. one to charge is going to help significantly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I think that one's quite straightforward, really. Yeah. Two drops. So let's, um, yeah, and it's two drops as well, which two is... Two drops. There's a triumph fade there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to... This is your list, isn't it, Max? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Balloon from the past. I think you're um, regarding here the, the old chemist buff, which was mm-hmm. an extra attack. Uh, so what we have, uh, this is obviously trying to, to put in a lot of KO units. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we have three. 
We have a general Andrew Master with the Ridgeable Suit. Uh, he has the Hawkeye because plus one to wound and shooting is great for KO. And he has the Searstone Amulet because uh, we don't get an adjutant because uh, the Andrew Master has eight wounds. Um, so uh, four plus for an extra command point. We don't have any battalions, so that's the, the, the only other source of command points that we have. Um, we have the Hurricanum, plus one to hit. And how this works is then we have a big uh, block of Dispossessed, a Rune Lord, a Warden King, 10 Iron Drakes, 30 Longbeards, um, and 10 Hammers. Another 12 Endrin Riggers, and it's important to note that the Endrin Riggers are battle line even in Cities of Sigmar, because uh, the Endrin Master just needs to be general. It doesn't need to be general in a Cardinal Overlord's army. Oh, that's interesting. That's, uh, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, if you check the, the last page of the Cardinal Overlord's um, battle tome where it says the, the roles, mm -hmm. it says uh, that both Skywarns and Endrin Riggers are battle line if he's the general. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's it's strange thing is on uh, I think War Scroll Builder it does actually say Caldon Overlord's battle line, but uh, obviously War Scroll Builder is not yeah. the source you use no. for your rules. No, so. also War Scroll Builder says the Endrin Master on foot makes them battle line, and that's not that's, okay. No, so yeah, watch out for that one. So we have our yeah. free battle line with ten Iron Drakes because he's a Dwarden hero, and Iron Drakes require Dwarden. A hero mm -hmm. to be uh, a general to be battle line, uh, and then we have uh, two sets of three ether wings just to fill out our our units cheap as we mentioned previously, and we have three gyrocopters because dwarfs and helicopters are almost like KO, uh, and with uh, the sorts of you know marauders running about or uh, fangs of sote with forty skinks, three gyrocopters for one hundred eighty points will just deal with those units in in one turn. I mean, because let's they're, be honest, they're fantastic. It has gyrocopters because it's a max list, and every mm. max list has gyrocopters. Well, not every max list, mm. but yeah. they're a cool unit, uh, <laughs> and they're cool little. I mean, these, these are the the predecessors to Cardinal Overlords, the gyrocopters from Warmer Fantasy. So mm. yeah, obviously. yeah, should really, should really um, put those in the book. Yeah. Um, so it's a twelve drop. Yep. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, gyrocopters are a good generally anyway clearing out hordes especially when you have three of them if you mm. manage to get them to shoot out a horde with plus one to hit and plus one to wound then they're going to do a lot more damage you don't even yeah. need that because no. in tempest eye they move 19 inches first round yeah. so you just throw them forward that cross and then they have they need to stay free out three inches away from your opponent anyway so that's 22 inches that's almost every battle plan <laughs> Uh, they have an eight-inch reach, so you can. And the hordes will probably be in the front line because they want to run forward and shoot you. So you just throw those three up, explode those skinks, forty skinks, uh, hitting on threes, wounding on fours with the, the many many attacks they get. That's that's enough. If you don't face any hordes, they still have that one per game drop bombs on a on a two plus. You fly over a hero, kill him. It's basically the same as a, a hurricane shot once yeah. per game. Or they just, you know, capture an objective, sit in the back, whatever. It's a very mobile unit with 16-inch move. Um, so how, how this list is supposed to work <laughs> is we have one group, which is the the Endrin Riggers with uh, the Endrin Master and the Hurricanum. The Hurricanum has the spell Aura of Glory. When you get that up, off with a plus one to cast, it gives itself. 
uh, all your engine riggers have uh, a second attack on their swords. So now uh, those 11, that's 22. The champion has an extra 23 attacks, freeze and twos, two rend, d3 damage. That will blend stuff. Uh, the engine riggers move 15 inches first turn, so you could even run them and shoot them with the 12 inch guns. It's a lot of pistol shots. Or you can, you know, move them forward and charge. Um, and the other, the other group here, the Grunts of Gonhar is a bit, you know, either it keeps close to the Ender Master in case they both, like, he wants to wants to lift out, teleport out with the Gonhar, go somewhere else, or he just stays back, zones out, shoots, goes whatever. The Gonhar is a bit independent in this list. Um, and the other block is just a, a little castle, thirty longbeards. Uh, behind them, we have the Rune Lord, the Warden King, with his ability. If he stands up top his Oath Stone, he just makes them all battle shock immune. So we don't need to worry about that. The Rune Lord can buff either the 10 Iron Drakes with an extra rend or the Hammers. And whatever rams into your 30 Longbeards, which are sitting on a 2 plus save first round with their shields, um, is going to get shot by, iron, by 10 Iron Drakes, which didn't move. So that's a double shots. And then gonna get countercharged by ten hammers. And ten hammers, uh, with the extra attack they gain from the Born King's command ability. That's three attacks, freeze and freeze, dealing mortal wounds on a six-two wound, one damage. You can give them an extra rend with the Rune Lord. Uh, and there's an, a neat trick you can do because they're all on twenty-five millimeter bases. These small dwarves. You can uh, align your hammers behind uh, the long beards which uh, themselves buff all the dispossessed with a reroll once to wound aura because they're grumbling and they're saying uh, previous years were better and the beer was better and everything was was better in the past. Um, when we had square bases. Exactly. Uh, they can move, they can retreat through the lines of the hammers because one inch apart is more than 25 millimeters. So you can actually retreat your, your, your long birds. You can run them backwards away from that mega gargant that just smashed into your lines then you shoot the iron drakes at him charging 10 uh, 10 hammers with free attacks they're gonna kill a mega gargant in one turn so you're, you're trading a couple of long beards and you're gonna come out on top against whatever alpha charge you and you can pull this entire castle as we as we learned first round you can put it in the middle onto objectives and it's gonna sit there with its uh, 50 plus bodies while the the other hammer that you have, which is the Endrin riggers with the general, are just going to fly about with twelve inch move uh, and shoot and and do their stuff. So that's the the main idea of the list. Okay. The linchpin probably is the Hurricanum, because we have yeah we have six Ether wings to protect it to screen it a bit on the sides you know fly about escort it a bit. But I mean it's sort of. 10 wounds, is it, on a 4 plus save? Or 11 wounds on a 4 plus save? It, it will probably die at one point. <laughs> the only thing I struggle with this list is the three gyrocopters. I know it's not a max list without gyrocopters. <laughs> but for me, you know, uh, Vitrillic Spray, which comes from Anvil Guard, uh, really makes the points for me with the gyros. Um, and I know they get the uh, the massive regiment discount, and I think mm -hmm. without the regiment massive regiment, I'd have three units of one. But mm -hmm. with the discount, it does incentivize you to take a unit of three. 
Um, but then when you start going into like the, the 180 points or the 200 points, I, I'm still now tempted to go, well, what else can give me 200 points of value? And I don't know if the, th the three gyros are 200 points worth without Filtrilic Spray. Um, definitely, there are the, the flex point in the, in the list that you can interchange with something else. 200 points mm -hmm. buys you other stuff in cities. Uh, buys you another 20 longbeards. It buys you... Well, that's it. Like, I'd rather buy you know, 20 longbeards, but... I, uh, I don't it buys you a couple. You could change out the 30 longbeards, reduce them to 10, and get the 30, 30 iron breakers instead. Mm -hmm. So you get another uh, set of, of dwarves. Um, but I just like it. Even if you're facing units, elite units, which they don't get their the benefit out of steam guns, I mean, it's 180 points, uh, 12 wounds. You just fly them forward, bombs, and then they're just a, a screen or a zoning out unit. They're very flexible with 16-inch move. Yeah. There is another flex point in this list, which I think is the engine riggers. You could push down to nine if you wanted. If you really want, like, if you're thinking about taking the gyrocopters out, mm. and then you're like, what can I work at? What points can I spend? If you push the engine riggers down to nine then I think then that gives you a bit more points to play with potentially. But you, but you do trade off the, the, the melee attacking, um, mm -hmm. which is obviously what, one of the key strategies of what Max has just said with mm -hmm. the aura yeah. glory. The thing with Ender is this, they've got one-inch range weapons on their 32mm base, so depending what you're charging with them, getting 12 in can, it's well, hard. you'll be it's 11, because yeah. 11, you've got a skyhook. Which I mean, I think you actually mentioned before in our, you know, our Apercast uh, chat group, Max. That you know, you might not even need the sky, but whether mm -hmm. it's eleven or twelve, you know, potentially that can be hard to get in. And you know, with the old book when we had Ko and we had um, the uh, old chemist buff to give them plus one to attack, basically what you're doing, we actually found that most of the time you were taking nines, and then that was even if you had two or three grapnels in the unit, because mm -hmm. it's just enough to kill stuff a lot of the time. So that's another like it's season to taste again. Like you could, if yeah. you were thinking about taking the the gyrocopters out, then you could then maybe think about taking uh, the engine riggers down to nine, um, and then that gives you a few more points to play with because then you instead of um, two hundred points, you've got three hundred points. Um, and again, in the gunner roller, you know, you could. Yeah, the gunner could go for a battle mage, which gives mm -hmm. a minus one to be hit to your mm -hmm. longbeards, for example. Uh, where or it gives a if it's from Gur, the plus two charge uh, to the um, engine riggers. But then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a plus one to cast. So it's not very reliable. But yeah, there's there's options definitely. So take this as an inspiration and build on on top of that. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with all of these lists. Like, we're going to have, you know, our own personal opinions are going to factor into these and, you know, other people want to put their own into them and, you know, you'll tweak things based on your meta and stuff as well. It's good. Um, I like it. Good list. It's a good list. Yeah. Seasons of taste. Everyone's going to have an opinion. But, I mean, core of the list is here. Um, I dig it. The important thing is that it's basically all dwarves. That's the important thing <laughs> I want you to take home. <laughs> the birds have to be, uh, uh, they're, you know, they're dwarf They're, mine, they're yeah. mine canaries. Hmm. <laughs> well, the other thing is if you took the gun hauler out, you wouldn't necessarily need the A4 wings and you could consider 
because uh, you you don't need them for the buffing the number of units. Um, so uh, no, then... the Afer wings are there to to screen the hurricane, basically. Yeah, there could be other things that could you know potentially screen it better. Because they're fast, they're also twelve inch move, uh, so they can keep up. And mm -hmm. I mean, free free on both sides, they can protect the uh, the hurricane for a bit. Yeah. So let let's uh, move on to the next list. Where's my mouse? There it is. So this is uh, called Tempest Die. Uh, pun there from Matt. So this is Matt's list, um, Matt, that we've had in previous shows. So this is playing around the mm. um, the synergy we mentioned previously with uh, the Aether Chemist and Thunderers, where they can basically be minus two to hit in melee. To be hit, yes. Yes, mi yes minus two <laughs> to be, yes, yeah, for other people <laughs> then. Um, so... But it's also you know, looking at some traditional uh, Cities of Sigma tech as well, so using things like the Soul Screen Fridge. So it's got a chemist as general with Hawkeye and Patricia's Helm, uh, Hurricane with Battle Mage and Aura Glory, a, a regular Battle Mage uh, from Heish, uh, which means it has uh, Fars protection. Fars protection. Yes. Yeah, which is the minus one to hit spell. And uh, the Laura has. Uh, spell it out from the Tempest Strike of Eagles. He's the adjutant for the chemist, and it's got an anointed and frost half phoenix and a rune lord. 30 iron breakers, 10 iron breakers, 10 long beads, 20 grunstock thunders. <laughs> They've got four fumigators, four deck sweepers, four eggs, and one mortar. Um, and then a soul screen bridge and an extra command point. And I'm just going to unpack the thunders a bit. Um, the reason that he has that weapon loadout is because Thunderers get a buff for having one of each of these weapons, but the mortar is rubbish. So, <laughs> literally, it's just a bad oh. weapon. So you need to have a mortar to give the deck sweepers and the Aether Cannons a buff. Um, but and that's all you need, yeah, just you, one. You only need one, and but you do have to bear in mind if you're doing that, that if you kill the mortar then you lose your buff like if you if you take wounds um then don't take your mortar out and the fumigators don't benefit from that buff but they have this other thing where the fumigators um make enemy units minus one to hit in melee um for models within three inches of the fumigator the chemist has his own sort of fumigator which is minus one to hit for enemy models within three inches so if you put him inside a pack of thunderers and you spread your fumigators around then there might enemy units are minus two to hit in melee. You've got a spell that can make enemy units minus one to hit, and then you've got a frostheart phoenix that can make uh, enemy units minus one to wound. And then you've also got <laughs> iron breakers that are hard to kill um, as well um, in big units, and you've got the soul screen bridge to transport the thunderers because thunderers have got four inch move. Uh, but most of these special weapons have only got 12-inch range. So even with the Tempest Eye uh, extra movement, it's not necessarily going to get them very far um, in, terms mm -hmm. of threat, in terms of threat range. So it's the Soul Screen Bridge there is probably the linchpin of this list, and mm -hmm. it's relying on the Hurricane with its plus one to cast to, uh, to get it off. And the other thing is is the spells you're casting make the Frost Arc Phoenix more durable as well. Plus one safe, yes. Yeah. So, uh, 
Coach, any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I think there's one big problem with this list, and that is mm. the Soul Screen Bridge and mm. um, the fact that you're using the Hurricanum to cast that. So in my perfect build, it would be cast by the Sorceress on foot, bringing a unit of 10 Dark Shards because she can stabby-stabby one of those and gets plus two to her cast. So mm. if you look at the strategy around the Soul Screen Bridge, I don't know if the Hurricanum's plus one is enough to get that on the table. But ultimately, I like the structure. If you wanted to double down on being annoying to your opponent, take a battle page on foot uh, at <laughs> here with, with, the, um, with the Realm of Hish, which gives you fierce protection for minus one to hit. But you could also double down with the Knight Shadow Stalkers that just came out, uh, and they're minus one to hit, and they can teleport around the board as well, okay. being an ally for you. So um, lots of really cool ways to be mm -hmm. annoying. Um, add Geminids to be annoying for minus one to hit and minus one uh, damage as well. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this I is think it's the, the uh, zero sports points list. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's yeah. 20 Thunderers in front of you, two wounds each, four plus save. That's 40 wounds that you teleport out. You're going to do a lot of shooting. You need to deal with them because they're going to start continue shooting at you. But they're worst case minus three to be hit, mm. minus one to wound. You're, it, you're having a hard time to kill them. It's the soul screen bridge though there that could be easily unbound with only a mm. plus one. Yes. I think it's just like it's yeah. that's not enough. Yeah. There's uh but if, if Thunderers gets and if Thunderers stay in combat, if they charge them and they don't kill the Thunderers, then <laughs> then they're in real trouble. Yeah, they all get an extra shot. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I was about to mention. You beat me to a point is yeah, Thunderers. Ah. Get an extra attack when they're within three inches of the of the enemy. So the fact that they're durable, if you, if you charge the thunders and then you get around to your shooting phase, they're even more killing. Yeah, um, nice. There's another option you could do with this list, which is if you don't take the special weapons for thunders, you still take the fumigators to make them uh, mm. more survivable. But you can just go with the rifles, which are 18 inch range, so they do less damage. But then you don't necessarily then have to have the soul screen bridge because you could give them, you know, the the command ability to run and shoot. And then, as we talked about, you know, their four-inch move plus three from Tempest Eye, running at least two inches, but actually you could spend a command point to make them run six and then 18-inch shooting on top of that. Um, they're going to get places. But, so if, 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 we, if we wanted to have this soul screen bridge be cast uh, consistently with this with this sorceress and uh, dread spears or dark shards we need to get rid of what is it uh, 170 points for dread spears and sorceress yeah it's, it's, it's about yeah it's about 108 i think sorceress on foot is uh she 90 points 80 points 90 points, 90 points. Uh, the dread spears are 80 you're looking at about 160 to 200 points somewhere around there so what could we get rid of? Well, if they're so the a battle, battle line, you can lose 10 Iron Breakers. And you uh, possibly the Battle Mage. Well, you could possibly drop the Anointed on Frost Phoenix back to just being a Frost Phoenix. Um, yeah, and then you've got less Elves. That, that is less Elves. <laughs> and you also get no, but, <laughs> but then you're adding 10, then you're adding 11 Elves. Oh, dear. So in, overall, you have four Elves, <laughs> but you're which is good. But you're stabbing them yourself to get plus two to cast. You're actually yeah. the one who's making the dead elves. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to put elves in the list, then the least you could do is kill them yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like the 
other lists, there's some seasoning you can do here. Like you can play around with making the Soul Screen Bridge easier to cast or a version that doesn't have it. The key here is stacking the negative modifiers and using the funders and the chemists to be a shooting unit that's very durable on its own. Um, yep. I think I think the name is wrong. It's it, it's like it should be like, it's not Tempest dies. Like Tempest Tempest not never dies. dies. Tempest, <laughs> Tempest never dies. Uh, yeah, uh, but I think we can probably move on from that now. Yeah. Can't we? Yep. Yeah, I think it's a soul screen bridge. Like, how do I make it more consistent? That's yeah. Uh, so uh, this is another one from New Max, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it has yes. three gyrocopters. Of course, it's from me. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> look straight for the gyrocopters. Um, so this is a. Uh, we said previously. We mentioned this. What can Caradron units do that Tempest I or Cities units cannot do? What can we bring? Mm. And that is basically the Ironclad, because Cities has fast shooting units. It has fast uh, combat units. We have good shooting units in both. So what what can we do? Well, it's teleporting the, units as well. They um, have teleporting units. So basically, it's a big wound behemoth that can teleport and shoot. That's the the thing that the cities don't have. So it's the ironclad. It's the one thing that people like about Caradon is a big shooty ship. Um, so again, we have a we have a chemist here as a general uh, with Hawkeye and the Searstone amulet because yeah, better shooting and CPs. We have a Knight Azuras uh, for reroll ones to hit. A Rune Lord Warden King. Um, they have a a little. A little castle this time, 10 iron breaks, 10 iron breakers, long beards, and hammers. We explained basically how they work before. It's just uh, 10 less dwarves in this castle. Um, we put 10 thunderers, all rifles, inside the ironclad to make it even more shooty. Um, and we have three ether wings just because we need the, the drops. We need more units. Um, and we have three gyrocopters because gyrocopters. Uh, so how this works is there's some flexibility in this list. You could change the, you can start with the chemist and the funders outside of the boat. So the chemist can buff the, the funders for reroll ones to boot. Then they all board the ship and the ship uh, teleports away. Uh, you can, if you don't value that buff, which let's be honest, you only get in the first turn because then the chemist is just going to sit inside the boat and he can't use that ability. You could take for 10 more points an Ender Master on foot to heal the Ironclad D3 wounds each hero face. Uh, and he has a little a little melee attack, which is also good in, in case someone charges the boat. Uh, the Knight Azeros, he's fast. He gives uh, uh, reroll wounds to, to hit. You can change him out either with a, a Knight Encounter that you just run forward and auto-dispel something and uh, give a Mystic Shield to the Ironclad, for example. Uh, or you can change them out with a battle mage and give that minus one to be hit or whatever other spell you want. So there's some flexibility here. Um, and the idea is the Ironclad has a two plus save, give it Mystic Shield, rerolling ones. And this is something you just throw in, in front of your opponent with all the shooting it has. And they cannot ignore this. This is something you can run forward and even, you know, what, if the next turn you don't care, it's still on a two plus. Rerolling ones, 18 wounds, it's not going to die. And you're going to heal it up uh, two to four wounds next turn if you take the, the Endron Master inside. They need to deal with this. 
and it's going to take their attention. If they charge it, all the funders inside there, minus one to be hit, plus one save, they all get an extra shot. So now it's 32 shots back the next turn. It's just like this, that's why it's called Flying Anvil. It's this big defensive thing I'm going to put in front of you. I'm going to shoot you. You need to deal with it while I can I can move my other units, spread uh, across the board, move them up, uh, score points. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's the the my my take on how to get an an ironclad in Tempest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably uh, the way you want to do it. You you've got to put some transport in. I think if you go up to increase the funders, then it starts getting very hard to fit other stuff in. Like you start yeah, points. They're 15. they're expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'd have to take fourteen anyway to fit a hero in. You kind of need the hero to have Hawkeye. Yeah, you could put the, as we said, the Ender Master on Balloon, mm -hmm. but then he's 190 points instead of 90 mm -hmm. points. You're running out of points at that point. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to unpack is the reason you have rifles, because uh, we just, in the previous list, explained how the special weapons work. One thing we didn't mention is they don't get that buff that, for those special weapons if they're inside the boat. Yep. So that's why you take the rifles, um, because if not, they're... You, if not, you just got the weapons that have less range, basically. Yeah. Um, now it's 32 shot. Oh uh, no, for uh, 22 shots. Uh, hitting on on freeze, rerolling ones if you get the knight Azure mm -hmm. buff. Wounding on freeze now instead of fours, because of the the trait. Mm -hmm. One rent, one damage. So that's up to I think eight, nine damage against the four plus. Mm -hmm. Then you have the ironclad. So you're gonna you, you can delete units mm -hmm. with with this. The, the, the rifles benefit quite well from Hawkeye because when yep. you're taking something from a four plus, they're four plus to wound normally. So taking something from a four plus to a three plus is, you know, a bigger percentage buff than say taking something from a three plus to wound to a two plus to wound. And it actually makes the chemist reroll ones to wound ability better for them as well. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, you, you can't use that in later turns because he can't use that ability when he's in the boat. Yep. And he can't get he won't be able to get out of the boat after it's flown high, so he won't be able to get out to turn two, but he gets out in the movement phase. He uses the ability in the hero phase, so he won't be able to use that buff again until turn three effectively. Um But yeah, so you've basically got the mobile ironclad flying around with lots of guns in it and then a um yeah. a, a castle. It's it's mobile, but it can take a hit. Yeah, because it's a lot of wounds um, with an extra save or a minus to be hit. However, yeah. you you choose your overheroes. I really dig this list. This is the probably my preferred style so far of the integration of KO. So, um, yeah, I really like this list. I, I, other than my my general comment about gyrocopters without um, <laughs> no, no like my the, the, ventrilic spray, and that's why you don't see a lot of gyrocopters in cities of sigma and when you do they're often units of one they're really nice harassers and they're a bit more like a, a an aether wing but they stay obviously in city keeps you one mm. in fours um but when you have you know anvil guard with ventrilic spray it just like really like supercharges them but overall i really like this list i think it's a nice combination and yeah i mean you, they, you wouldn't tweak much they could still benefit from the aura from the ironclad uh, the 12 inch, so plus one to wound, so then it's freeze and freeze. You don't need any other. I mean, they have one rent, they, they're gonna do enough damage to a horde that Battleshock will take the rest. 
And to be honest with you, most of your opponents are going to focus on the ironclad anyway. Yep. Um, yep. So having, you know, these three Aether Wings, this unit of three gyrocopters, you know, going for back objectives, home objectives, being harassers while your Iron Drakes, your Breakers and your Beards are kind of going up the table. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like this list. It's a good, good combination. The the shame about this list, and I, I say shame because it's not not because the list is bad, because obviously it's actually a very good list. It's a shame from a perspective of you can't quite get all the buffs in it you'd really want to. We we spoke about this problem earlier, but when we were sort of yep. talking about some of the the buff pieces you can put, it would be really nice to have a hurricanum in there to buff the ironclad as well. If you could, yeah. it's just points. You just can't do it. Really. It's Points, it's uh, keeping up with the boat, and it's just the vulnerability of the the hurricane. So four I was, was going to say wounds. in last general's handbook, you probably felt that more. But now that you've lost the um, the thermal rider cloak, yeah, the likelihood of chasing up with that ironclad is slim to none anyway. So mm -hmm. it's almost like why bother trying? Exactly. That's why I said just the plus one hit is nice, but I mean uh, a reroll ones. Uh, from the Azurus is almost as good mm. and it's less points uh, and he's fast. He can keep up. He's yeah. yeah. 12 um, inch. He can run. Yeah. It only yeah, hits on a 3 plus. You don't, you don't need, you don't need hitting on a 2 plus is excessive. You keep, keep that in Slanesh, okay? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good if you want to like shoot heroes which get a, a minus one to be hit from Lookout, sir. So instead mm -hmm. of 4s or your torpedoes hitting on 5s, they hit on 4s, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Sure. Other stuff. <laughs> Good call. The, the other thing that would be nice would be a, a Lord Ordinator. But again, we've already mentioned the issues with him, uh, where it's, it's like a one-time teleport. Mm. You've got to take the Vexilor, which is more points. It's it's, it's a hefty point expense. Essentially, any extra buffs you want to put on the Ironclad become more difficult to pull off and more expensive than they're worth. I actually like putting a, a mystic shield on the ironclad. Two plus rerolling mm -hmm. ones is just it's fun yeah. for me the, at least. The difference between <laughs> that is because you can just do the buff and then it can fly off afterwards. Exactly, and it has it in the until your next hero phase in shooting and in melee instead of mm -hmm. uh, you know all out defense just in melee. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we're two and a half hours. We've got one more list, but I kind of saw it as optional. Do you want to have a look at the next list, guys? Or well, I'll just skim past it. Bring it up and let's just call it out really quickly. Yeah. So this one's called Twin Peaks. Um, so what it's got is it's got two rune lords. One is a general with Hawkeye, one with the Patrician's Helm, and it's got a Warden King, uh, which is the Adjutant. The general, and then it's got as Max had in his previous uh list that sort of mini castle where you have a combination of, of iron drakes, uh, long beads, and hammers. It's got that twice, um, and then it's got two big uh units of 12 sky wardens with all of the uh long range shooty guns. So, and then it's got two celestial hurricanums that are not the hero version because you can't afford the hero version, basically. And basically, this list is two castles um, with long-range shooting. So you push your two castles forward, because you've got the extra movement, and then you've got 24-inch range shooting on top of any movement that's sitting behind screens, 
when they hit your screen, uh, your long your iron drakes are going to shoot at whatever hits the screen. You're going to do that uh, combo that Max mentioned, where you retreat out your long beards and you send in your hammers. And then later in the game, uh, if you need to, your sky wardens can uh, charge in and, uh, and or can be set up, you know, behind the screen within three inches, so they can fight over the top of the screen if you want to, because they've got two inch range. Uh, reach on their four uh, sky pikes but also because they've got quite fast movement for later in the game they can actually potentially go off and go places uh, once you've, you know, you've depleted your enemy units but you need to get on to objectives that are further away than you know, your, your normal dwarves that have got four inch move in later turns can't get to so it's, it's relatively simple it's, you know two castles yeah Hmm. Um, the thing I see here is 10 long beards are going to die to a stone horn charge. Mm-hmm. And then that stone horn is going to pile in another 3 inches or even 6 inches if he's in the correct uh, sub-faction. And he's inside your hammers. And hammers, they don't like to take a charge. They, they like to hit themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I'm afraid this, these little castles will fall apart quickly. If your opponent has that ability, if I, if I was going to build these castles, I'd be building them based around Phoenix Guard. So yeah, if I if I was going down that route, I, I, obviously I like the idea. You know, you're really doubling down on the Sky Wardens and Hurricanum combos, and having two of those uh, could be quite powerful. If you if you're focusing too much on castles, then uh, for some of those scenarios that have you know six eight objectives, it could be quite challenging for you. Uh, but if I was going to build it around it, I, I agree with Max. I think some of these units won't take a hit very well. Uh, something like Phoenix Guard, you know, um, you could probably drop all of that battle line, get two or three units of Phoenix Guard, get an anointed in there somewhere, and make it super durable castles. Mm. Yeah, you could do that. Because the, the concept of the list is the Sky Wardens and the Hurricanes, and then the other stuff is what's in front of them. Um, your Phoenix Guard. Yeah. Your Phoenix Guard, you know, you get an anointed, make him immune to battle shock within 18. Yeah. I mean, because no. if you're taking this stuff out, then you can take that stuff out. So you can get your anointed in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep keep the units and the behemoths. That's that's the core of what the build, list is built around. And mm-hmm. then yeah, I would I would manipulate. Yeah. And maybe that brings in the hur- like a hero hurricanum or something. Yeah, you might be able to Yeah, do, like, a hero hurricanum with its bigger base that gives out the the Hawkeye buff to both. To both units at least first turn mm-hmm. like in the se- in the middle and then uh 12 inches on both sides yeah, cool. yeah. but it's yeah. i mean already 12 sky wardens in cardinal words are with this long shooting are op- oppressive in in tempest eye this with a plus one to hit so all these drill cannons yeah. hitting at least freeze. one unit with plus one to wound <sighs> And two units. Ah, uh, you're gonna frustrate your opponent with this a lot. There's mm. a lot of shooting in this, mm. and it's a 39-inch range first turn. Yeah. yeah. So that's like the entire board, <laughs> almost. Yeah, so and that's without run and shoot, isn't it? The 39 is uh, without run and shoot. Yeah. So yes. 40 plus d6. <laughs> 
So I think by now people have started to get a taste, and we haven't talked about you know the the gun hauler and uh, Andrew and Ringer combo. We haven't shown. I think like mm-hmm. people hopefully should now. And I know we've been biased with with Duarden here as well. We haven't really shown off any. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't shown you know hold the line you know based around free guild we haven't shown oh, yeah. the uh, we haven't shown the combination with you know the sorceress with uh, dark shards and the darkling coven's or even the combat builds but I think we've we've kind of leveraged the shooting strengths of Ko uh, and then you know if you were going more, a more melee route you just take what you like from these lists and kind of pop them in but just don't double down with Hawkeye and you know the shooting stuff that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first list we had was a, a melee version of, of, of KO. Um, so, but the, yeah, I mean, when we first looked at this, there was we four, like, three or four different things you could do with KO. Um, and I think we covered those. And then you can, you can revolve the city's bits around it. So you can, you know, you can do the, you know, the ironclad list and you can do it with, Dwarfs, or you can do it with free guild, or you can do it with elves, yeah. or you can do it with yeah. dark elves. Yeah. Um, you don't need to, to do free KO units. Do two, even just yeah. one. You want an ironclad? Cool, do that. Take mm. the ironclad on its own. An ironclad is still very powerful, mm. and then build yeah. up your, your your other stuff. And anyway, it's a whole shooting free guild line that you charge it. It's going to shoot at you and hold the line, and behind it is this massive ship. It's gonna shoot at you and then just mm. chase you off. <laughs> yeah. So I think hopefully what we've done is we've given an overview of the how that everything works from a allegiance abilities point of view, and then shown some examples of what you can do with KO um, in terms of different archetypes um, that you can then tweak to you know the different styles of cities builds if you wanted to, and if you want to know more about those uh synergies you can get for the city's units that you can check out ARS coach's video um that he did uh, a while back i haven't put a link to that but i will put a link in the description um, i'm sure they'll find it if they type in they type in city synergies uh yeah we break it down by phase as well and talk about the different hmm. combos but uh, yeah, if people want to know more about some of this stuff too, like I've got a whole bunch of talking of like list discussions about the various cities too. But I think um, I think if I was watching this for the first time, I, I'd like to think that I now have a better understanding of what makes KO KO and how I can take one to three on average units and build some type of cohesive force in combination with my city's build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think mostly it's you're looking at either Aura Glory, Hawkeye, or a Hurricane and buff. And a, most of the other city stuff is, you know, built just they're independent from the KO stuff. So mm. you can you can put Haw- Hawkeye or Glory on a dwarf or a, a human or a, um, well, actually, you won't put on a dwarf for Aura Glory, but you know what I mean. You, Oh god, you can. You can you can move what there a lot of the buffs are sitting on except for the Horogarnum, which a Horogarnum is a staple of a lot of cities lists anyway. So um I think we covered everything. So yep. 
Coach, uh, when's your next video out? What, what have you got that you want to plug for people? Like, you've got videos uh, coming out all the, all the time I these days. But... I've done, done everything. Look, I hope you guys enjoyed what I talked about. One, first off, give give Aethercast a sub if, if, if mm-hmm. my name happened to attracted Cities of Sigma <laughs> players to check out this channel. Give these guys a sub right now. Go press like right now. Help these brothers hit a 1,000 and beyond. Uh, but if you like my type of discussion and want to hear more about what mm-hmm. I'm doing, AOS Coach, you know, is on YouTube and all the all the good stuffs. But make sure that you've liked and subscribed to this channel and this episode. Mm-hmm. And in the comment section, tell them how amazing uh, Lee, Max, and Cron are, and how insightful <laughs> these people are. So in the comment section right now, like just. Oh, well, thank you, thank you very much. I wasn't expecting quite such a. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a. Like a, a right. round of applause. That's um, right. Once once you get monetized, I can start ciphering some of your cash for uh, helping you. <laughs> so it's all about like it's all a marketing scheme. It's like all tiered uh, down, yeah. right? It's, it's a like, pyramid scheme, isn't it? A pyramid it's scheme. It'll coach- trickles down. Yeah, it's ah. Ifricast, a AOS coach franchise. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, the only thing I need to add is um, if the unlikely event that you were already, you know. Uh, a fan of Apercast and he didn't know what AOS Coach was, then go check him out on his subscribe because he does a lot of content that's amazing. Um, yes. But I'm sure most people watching are already aware of AOS Coach, so probably goes without saying. But uh, Thank you very thank much uh, for joining, Coach. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, to Max and Cron, as always, a pleasure having you on board as well. And to everyone that watched, Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again soon, Skyfarers. Goodbye. Thanks, Thanks guys. Gotcha. Bye.